welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 118. Is it 118? I'm guessing it's 118. I feel like 118 is a good number. You're sipping your tea. You're taking my plastic 118 the number you don't 118, 118. Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right. Well, we're going to start today with something a little bit different. And you want to find out stuff. Yeah, you ring 118118. So this is Crit Apocalypse. As always, we review stuff and things. We, we usually review video games, but we do sometimes talk about more important issues, don't we, Ant? No. All right. Um, so this is a five-star review we have on iTunes. Five-star from Five-star on iTunes. From, from, no, this isn't from me. This is from a user. Light over water. Okay. A well-researched and presented account of the investigation into a slice of Nazi history and an individual responsible for the death of Jews during the Second World War. The tale tracing his life and where he ends up is well worth the download. Okay, and there's also the additional. I have no idea what the other reviews are going on about referring to a female narrator. Perhaps a different story is part of the Intrigue series. This is not the case with this recent story. What? That's, thank you. Thank you, Light Over Water, for that fantastic review. Five stars. Huh. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> you legitimately laughed and then hated yourself a little bit for finding that funny. I was confused. <laughs> Well, clearly they've listened to every episode. It's like that time spaghetti jumped out at me. A little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah. All right, so uh, so yeah, as I said before, we review stuff and things, mostly video games and TV and things like that. So, Ant, your review first this week. Go! Oh, what am I reviewing first? I don't know. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Wait, did I watch something? No, didn't. Right. <laughs> so, um... Let's let's start with something I watched weeks and weeks ago because okay. I've only got really three things and I need to pad it out a bit. Pad it about a bit. This is technically two things, but Go it's it. an interesting combination of the two because they're both related properly. Right. So I watched the 2010, 2011, 2009, 2000, I can't remember what it was. Carmen Ryder, the first. Yeah. And Carmen Ryder, the next. They're like a two part film thing. Okay. But very different. Yeah. So it's basically like an attempt to reboot Carmen Rider, like as the original Carmen Rider. Yeah. The 1970s one to do a modern retelling of the story. And it's like super rich. And the first one is very much a uh, like science fiction thing. Feels very similar in tone to like Shin Carmen Rider. Okay, so sure. darker, more Yeah, but it's not a horror based. it's not a horror thing though, but it's a sci-fi thing, but it's got that same mature feel going to it. Yeah. But embracing the combat and stuff and all that. Um and it's it's all right that first film. It's got some real structural problems. It spends a ridiculous amount of time following these two teenagers in a hospital who are apparently both dying. Well, one of them's dying. The other one, the other girl, he thinks is like a like a visitor who yeah. comes to visit. Yeah. Turns out she's actually a patient, um, and all this sort of stuff. And you get this whole arc thing that goes on with them, and they escape from the hospital for a while, and they have a day out, and she collapses. Okay, and okay. someone calls an ambulance, and yeah. all this sort of stuff. And all that leads up to is um, there are two extra villains that get presented at the end towards the Carmen Riders and they get killed and that's... They get killed by the Carmen Riders. Okay. And they both... They die. And the Carmen Riders never interact with them through the rest of the film. The only interaction is one of the other characters um, was the one who called the ambulance and she goes, oh, I called an ambulance for a girl a year ago when I was here. It's like 40... Like 30, 40 minutes of the film is that stuff. <laughs> and all it boils down to is two henchmen get beaten up and killed. <laughs> They're cool costumes. Yeah. Um, but the main story they is... they like bio-organic costumes? Is it a bit more like the Well, it's the, the thing is, with the original 
Carmen Rider. There was an evil organization called Shocker, yeah. and they would kidnap people and cybernetically enhance them. And that's how the guy, what Carmen Rider was, he was a cyborg. He had a costume. The costume was part of his whole like power up, and so he could fight and all this sort of stuff. He needed the wind to make his belt spin around so he could transform. Like a windmill. Yeah, he'd usually get on his motorbike and just stand up on his bike and do his pose and shout henshin. Yeah. And the costume would just appear. In this, he doesn't need that. He's sort of got the power he has later in the series when they realise probably we should stop making our actor ride on bikes without his hands on the handlebars. Yeah, that's a good tip. Dangerous. For safety. Yeah, because yeah. it was the actor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you... Wait. You know, the guy who plays... You know Sagata Sanchiro, the karate... No. Gee wearing guy who used to promote Sega Saturn. Oh yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, same actor. Oh okay. He was the original. He's still Carm- going. No, well, he was the original Carmen Rider oh, in the seventies. Dead. No, he's about seventy five now. I think. Um, he's retired though. Um, but in this one, it's a younger guy who was in something else, and I've forgotten what it was. Shin Carmen Rider. No, unfortunately. Okay. Um, although there's apparently Shin Carmen Rider does tie into the current Suit Carmen Rider series in a really tenuous way. Oh, the boring. weird bug one. Yeah, apparently the organi- they keep mentioning the foundation in yeah. Shin Kamen Rider as a shadowy organisation. Yeah. Um, and apparently in, in the series I will go and talk about later, mm-hmm. um, it's the organisation that's behind everything in the new Kamen Rider right, series. they make them. But it's like it never was actually linked. It's just been alluded to. Oh, right, okay. Like, it's I watched not a lot of that Kamen Rider series. If you're talking about the one I'm thinking you're talking about. No. That's okay, no, you can Not the one I watched. You watched Amazon's, didn't you? Yeah, that's yeah. That's different. That's, Am- oh, okay. that's on Amazon Prime. Sorry. I haven't watched that. But no, um, this one, they got, yeah, they got a young guy, he gets kidnapped, cyborg thing. He's fighting for the villains, and then he breaks free of their buying control and saves the day. And then there's a second Carmen Rider they make, because they've only got one idea. Um, and he's a, he breaks away from them, and he needs to have like some stuff done to keep him alive, because he died. Yeah, so he's got like a little like fanny pack he needs, full of medicine. No, no, he just he gets viruses, and he goes, and it hurts him. So if he doesn't go back to the like villains, Ninja Gaiden Free. If he doesn't go back to the villains, he'll be per- he'll be dying gradually. Like Ninja Gaiden Free. Yeah, sure. The worst know. Ninja Gaiden game yeah. of the modern era. No, last last Blade was the worst Ninja. Which one was Last Blade? Ninja Blade or whatever it was. That shit game. Ninja Blade was amazing. You're thinking of Sigma. The worst Sigma Ninja Gaiden game was that um, one that came out a while ago. Yeah, Ninja about- Gun Z or whatever it was. Yeah. where you were a zombie. No, yeah. you weren't a zombie. You were. You had your arm cut off by by Ryu. Hayabusa, ah. and then they give you a robot arm. And, and they made a game like, for you. Yeah, it's real crap. <laughs> but no, this one, so the whole thing just gradually builds to him breaking the second Carmen Rider's brain. I was getting him the to, second wall. I was like, what is yeah, that? Getting him to join him and all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's, it's got some neat stuff. The transformation sequence is really weirdly old-fashioned. Like, you'd expect something made in the 2000s to have, like, some flashy effect and transformation, mm. or at least the pose. And they only do the pose towards the end after they've already transformed. When they're about to fight, they sort of work the pose into their karate stance. Yeah. So just like, the arm. That's just the around. transformation. That's the that's how you merge a Dragon Ball. So you transform. Yeah, fusion. Huh. You do the fusion. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, they don't do that. They just go. They just turn around. The belt spins. Mm. They go like that, and he opens his coat, and suddenly the belt's there. And in the next shot, the costume's on, and then he just clips the helmet on. Yeah. Like, he's got the helmet handy. Yeah. It's a two-part thing. Top part and a little mouth. Just like the new Iron Man helmet is just always there, ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah, but the neck's exposed, which kind of bothers me a little bit. Well, the whole neck's exposed. Just, well, the helmet's there, and there's a little collar... It's a few few inches of neck. Yeah, but they live in a world that doesn't really have proper violence. That's what I always assume about, like... The original Kamen Rider had the occasional dismemberment. (laughs) No, I know, but like in the people explode. Most of the most of the series, like those Japanese style programs, they don't have actual violence. I think they live in. I think they exist. You watched Amazon's. 
Yeah, no, but I think for the most series, like for the Did most part... Did you get part, to the point in Amazons where the dad kills his kids yeah. and eats them? Yeah, I think I think for the most part, when it comes to the actual like normal Kamen Rider series, I think that it, they live in worlds where violence, as as it's experienced in other other cultures, isn't real. Because imagine if like someone... There's a little blood in it. Yeah, I know, but imagine if you took the guy from Olympus Has Fallen, you took, you took uh, Gerald Butler's character, whose one defining move in any fight is as quick as he can, stab someone in the neck. Like, he doesn't really get Do into the one with a carrot. He just, no, he has like a tiny little flip knife and he just literally just stabs people in the throat. It's like, fun. most of his fights are just, uh, uh, and then someone's down. Imagine if he entered that universe and the Kamen Rider was like, Whoa, like getting ready to fling a fucking imaginary train at him and he just runs up and jabs him in the There's throat. There's no train themed Kamen Rider. Oh, just sorry. your entire argument for the but yeah, find a, find a grasshopper out. Find a grasshopper yeah, It's a tiny and, little grasshopper. And he just dodges that one grasshopper, and then yeah. when they go to do like a big swing on him, he just jabs him in the throat twice yeah. real quick. They'd kick his ass still. They wouldn't get through the armour. The arm would break the knife. Yeah, but he's got his neck exposed, you say. Well, this common Rider has, yeah. It's a, <laughs> so and he's this, a cyborg anyway, so it doesn't matter. I mean, does it not? No. Is there not like a microchip behind yeah, his throat yeah. or something? No. But what matters is... You'd open up this like a fucking film, can opener. His first film. So his neck will link back. This first film, I know a lot of Carmen Rider fans were like saying, "Oh, this one's the better one of the two. But I I'm think gonna one of the fans weren't out there. No, I'm gonna be controversial and say the second one's better for one reason. Um, the second one is barely a Carmen Rider film. Someone decided they wanted to make a Ringu the Grudge style horror film, okay. and it is straight up horror in a really horrible grim way. Loads like people get thrown off buildings. They get basically. Give me the plot. Give no the, one transforms into Carmen Rider for like half an hour into the film. Okay. Um, and up until that point, they're dealing with someone who's splitting people there's, in half. There's some sort of pop star, and she's really famous, and interest. all this sort of stuff. But, Did you just watch Perfect Blue again? But this pop star gets killed yeah. by a weird monster so that far, comes after her. Yeah. And it's like just this mutated thing. One of her feet is like really massive and messed up, and she gets in their head. Um, people just die. It starts off with like a fan who's watching her videos on the internet yeah. and he starts hearing something in the lyrics and suddenly he dies and then his mum comes in the room because he's a weird shutting person. I thought you said that his mum comes in the room as in like she just walks in and she just, as soon as Jesus. she sees him, she's like, oh! she's like, no. finally he's dead. But he, like, oh! he like bursts out of cupboard with his eyes ripped out and he's like going, ah! and then just collapses. I think you just watched Event Horizon. Um, and this whole thing builds up like a horror movie. Like someone dies in a car. You see the car pulling by you know, He's like thousands of people each year. Shut up! Cars. The car's pulling by, and in the back of the car, you can see some weird creature in the yeah. back window. Like as the car drives past, really. It slowly. sounds like Stuart Gordon directed. And then this. he's like, he's reaching down to hit the accelerator pedal yeah. to, to park, and a hand comes out and grabs his foot. Did Brian Yuzno or Stuart no, Gordon direct no. this? Japanese. It's Japanese. It's nothing like. That. But he. It's Man, like it's basically good. a whole bunch of people getting killed by some weird supernatural uh, thing yeah. that happens to coincide with them listening to the music of this pop star. And it mutates them. And it turns out that the pop star, like the one everyone knows, isn't actually her. The record label like killed her somehow, or she got killed, or mutated, and something bad happens, and you find out gradually what happened. And they've been getting other pop starlets and doing a shit ton of plastic surgery on them to make them look like the pop star. And it's cursed. Because she's more expensive. She's more worth to them than anyone else. Like, her value is more important as her look than who she actually is. So it's like a Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber Mm. situation. But they've been using the two girls who sort of accidentally caused an accident that hurt the pop star. And the whole thing's like her friend gets her teacher to help her find it. Teacher's the guy who was the original Carmen Ryder. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on though with like the second Carmen Rider. He's off living his life because he thinks he's going to die soon because the whole mutant stuff going on, stuff going on in his yeah. blood because he because he's died once already. Yeah. Um, it seems that it's just really painful and it's not killing him and that's just like sucking for him. Which is it like a hand he uses often? No, his entire is body. Is he sometimes eating and no. it goes a bit crazy and he's like, oh, "Fuck, that was expensive sushi." No. no. What What does it do that's so inconvenient? It, it hurts, hurts him a lot. All yeah, over. Yeah, but like I. I have eggs and coughs up blood and shit. Get over himself. He thinks he's gonna die, but it doesn't seem to be happening. Sounds like a right. Just keeps. Sounds like a right bloody girl's blouse. I don't know. You cry when you get a cold. I don't cry when I get a cold, but I do cry when I watch Harry and the Hendersons. Still, it's a reflex. But anyway, in this one, shocker behind it all. What a shocker! Because they always are the villains. Shocker! 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 Um, Spider-Man, and they have a really clever new plan. To kill Spider-Man. To deal with everything. Oh, to form the Sinister Six. Yeah. The pop star's brother... Yeah. They've taken, and they turned him into a Kamen Rider. Now, this is the third time they've tried this. Okay. Um, and he realises that they were also the ones who killed his sister and all this sort of shit. Okay. So he just turns on Shocker. Three times in a row now, they've tried making a Kamen Rider. It's not working out for Shocker. Um... This one, he's got a slightly different look to him. It's nice, smaller eyes, different helmet, all this sort of stuff. All right, calm down, you racist. No, uh, but um, he's played by the guy who was the Scorpion um, Carmen Rider in Kabuto, which I forgot about. That was the same year. I liked it when Scorpion would get over here, and then he, didn't he, he right. got his throat slit and lava came out. Johnny Cage said, those are $500 signatures, you asshole. And then a that's not phone dropped on the ground on fire. That's not even what happens in the film. And then... And then that's not even he's the five hundred dollar sunglasses asshole line is to Goro after he crushes them and he and then lizards in it I mean reptile reptile Jesus Christ you don't even know your Mortal Kombat you know who I like Nightwolf no one like Nightwolf is the best anyway Nightwolf number one anyway Carmen Rider the next yep um it's a proper horror film and I liked it oh that sounds cool I actually um, might check that out people like get punched and kicked a lot. There's, like, people falling off buildings and stuff. That's always fun. Yeah, I like practical, um, like, stunt work. I hope people, a bunch of people get boils all over them. Anyone Shocker gets on fire? sets off a vibe. Yeah, loads of people get set on fire. I love a good old fire, fire um, stunt. There's, like, Shocker set a virus off in this office because they're trying to find people who are immune to this virus so they can use them in the experimentation and stuff. Okay, yeah. Which is how they pick out the pop singer's brother. Um he's immune to it but mm. just like a whole office worth of people just start getting boils all over them they all die which is <laughs> a bit harsh um but yeah it's it's an interesting thing it's like the story's a lot better plotted out than the first one which just wastes tons of time for like a little tiny payoff mm. um and i quite like the little details they put like the main car rider's costume grad it's got darker in the second film because yeah. in the in the series over the it's camouflage over the year or so of his battle, his like costume gets battle oh. damaged, so it stops being so blue and ends up all dark green. I always green. thought it was like a living thing. No, it's just it's scarred and damaged by his mm. his battles. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's all right. It's decent. It's a nice up- update of the original show idea. Like you know, pointless because it can't tie into anything else, and because in the TV series, the original Carmen Rider's still around somewhere. Mm. He went really bulky. They did a movie, and he had a big bulky costume. It's a bit odd, but um, yeah, they're decent. Can't ride the next is kind of interesting. So, at least the first one, it's got the right sort of tone, but just awkward plot, weirdness. 
And then they, they kick some bad guys. I like it when they kick the bad guys. Where do they kick the bad guys at? Where did they walls. kick you? They kicked them everywhere. Right. Kicked one of them right over a wall. It was funny. Um, I like when they did the poses, though. Or when they, Lots of cool bike stunts in that first one, actually. Yeah? There's loads of stuff where like he's riding on a bike and it's just like a proper proper wire work stunt thing where he like leaps off the bike to deliver a kick to someone. It's like proper... like There's some nice actual full contact fighting in some parts of it where he's like... You just see the boot just go straight into the guy's face. The ladies, I tell you, I always nice. play full contact. You, you do bullshit. Like a jellyfish. Yeah. Got to get yeah. every nook and cranny. Oh, shit. Okay, all right. It's my review. Carmen Rider, the next and the first. Yeah. How all right. Yeah, pretty good. You're going to you gonna let me watch it. I like the monsters weren't biological monsters. They were like Carmen Riders, but oh. themed after cheetahs and You've stuff. So they had masks now. and no. bats and stuff. No, I wanted monsters. Okay, so we've got another another review on iTunes. No. Okay, this is five stars from Pink Sophie. Uh, a must listen for beauty junkies. Ooh. I subscribe to a lot of beauty podcasts, but this is the one I listen to religiously. Funny, informative, and entertaining. Thoroughly recommended. X. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Thoroughly recommend. That's confusing. All right, thank Why you, Pink Sophie. Why did you Sophie. write these? Um... I didn't. That's a, that's a review on iTunes for us. I just went on Google and I put five star reviews, crit, and then iTunes, and it gave me the results. And I'm reading them out so to the that's audience. It's not our reviews, then. These are know. our reviews. Yeah. We did beauty products. You need to actually go to our podcast. I will. And look at the reviews. I will. I'll do another review from our podcast in a second. It's not there. Okay, so my first review this week is going to be the new classic, and I say this. Fully understanding there might be some backlash because I know what people are like. They don't like to mess with the classics, but tell you what, it was thoroughly enjoyable. That's right. I saw Backdoor Sluts 9, and I've got to say... Backdoor Sluts go nuts. What people say about the plot of this film, they're all completely wrong. I knew motivations. I knew... Are you wasting time again? Okay, I saw Yesterday, the Danny Boyle film about the Beatles. Well, that didn't even tie into your silly introduction... It wasn't even a swerve, like... Shall I read another review? Just review yesterday, go on, go on. Okay, so imagine like, if you... could have you... done that introduction before The Lion King. Like, that would have made sense, because everyone would be like, oh, I'm expecting him to review The Lion King, and then you swerve into something else. Imagine, if you would, a world where the Beatles didn't exist. No. Imagine all the people Can living... I pick just half the Beatles albums? Which albums would you... Would... The latter half. The latter half is perfect. From Revolver onwards. Not the White Album? White Album's after Revolver, you fool. Not a White Album? Yeah, the White Album's in the latter half. Not Changes? So I keep it. Changes, not Beatles. Not Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? (laughs) (laughs) Not Asia by Asia? (laughs) Okay, so yesterday is the story of a young man. He's a musician. Um, He was a teacher... He now works part time in a shopping in a shop in like a, a re, like a wholesale shop, um, and he is trying to make it big in the world of music. One day, and um, when he is riding home after another unsuccessful gig where he's feeling quite downtrodden, and has decided he's going to give up music, he he has an accident. He's hit by a bus <laughs> during Fuck a you. during a worldwide blackout, and uh, and when he comes to, when he wakes up in hospital. His friends are there to say, oh, I hope you're better. I hope you feel okay and all this other shit. 
And then he comes out of hospital and they're like, hey, here's a guitar player, it's a song. And what song does he choose to, to sing? Uh, probably Yesterday, I'm going to guess. No, no, no. You're completely wrong. Hey it's, Jude. No, not Hey Jude. Right, guess again. That's right. Maxwell Silverhammer. That, no, that's right. Blackbird. No. No, he sings Yesterday. Of course and uh, and oh, they all go, they all go. when did you write that? And he said, what do you mean? I didn't write it. The Beatles wrote it. And everybody's like, the holy? And he goes, money. And so he starts, basically, it's some really fun scenes. He's trying to remember the lyrics and the tunes to Beatles songs. And he's got little posters and he's like basically recording what his mind recollects. And he's trying to work out like a set and stuff. And then from there, he essentially just plagiarizes their music to become famous and makes friends with Ed Sheeran and Kate McKinnon's in it. And, you know, it's not, it's not entirely terrible. It's a really twee film. That's the problem. It's, it's so slight that to see it or not to see it, you are in the exact same situation. Would that be the question? No, Shakespeare's alive in that universe. Mm. Um, there's An like Oasis, there's, do Oasis exist? No, that's really interesting. So that's it's a funny. lazy joke. It's there's funny, plenty of yeah, other bands. That it's were funny that you picked that. Well, it's not just that Oasis don't exist. Coke failed as a brand. Coke failed. Only Pepsi exists in their universe. Really? Um, J.K. Rowling didn't write Harry Potter. You know, like there's like weird shit here and there that like they don't tell you how that's tangibly linked to the Beatles because obviously you, you could never know. But it turns out that the Beatles did exist in this universe. They just never made it to where yeah. they to where they did in our universe. So um, he eventually he meets two people that know the Beatles. They're two Swedish people that heard them play when they toured toured the world. But they just did a shit tour and they didn't really make any traction. Um, and in I, I mean, I'm, th- this is a slight spoiler, but it I mean, turns... if people remember the band Jimmy Hart was in, people are going to remember the Beatles. I mean, come on, we've got we've got so many exports from the UK now. How can you not remember them? There's, there's a sea of exports from the UK. I mean, look at Gary Glitter. Exports. Gary Glitter is world famous Ex-pats. for his music. No exports. We've exported music. We haven't exported oh. people. They came back eventually to prison. Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter's just—he's not in prison. Is he not? How yeah. the fuck is he not in prison? He lives in, like, Thailand or something. That's like Jimmy Savile not being in prison. Jimmy Savile's not in prison. Where's Jimmy Savile? He's dead. What? You killed him? Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> we can take down the dartboard with his face on it. Kill all um, the paedophiles. Jimmy I mean, Savile, Gary Glitter. Let Satan sort them out. Pro Jared. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Fuck. All right. I'm not going to one not, hand around his neck for I'm not going to. Can I segue? I'm going to segue very quickly. No. Pro Jared. I made a comment on Twitter that I made the joke that, um, that, hey, Pro Jared, it's great that you've released a new video. Now, when do we get to see the mug shots and police investigation that prove you're not a pedophile rather than just the screenshots you conveniently took of conversations you had? And someone came up and went, hey, look, if you actually watched the video, you see he had a screenshot saying she was 18. And I was like, yeah, but often paedophiles, it's not one incident. If they've gotten away with it, they continue to do it. And also, isn't it weird that someone decided, whilst they were having a sexy conversation with a girl, to go, hey, can you confirm your age for me so that I can screenshot it and keep it for evidence later when I'm married to a woman and also cheating on another, uh, cheating on her with another woman? That makes perfect fucking sense, doesn't it? Mm. Of course it does, you fucking morons, you pro-Jared fan cunts, you fucking There's paedophile always neighbors. Be those, Anyway, uh, look, enough about those. JonTron. Anyway, so... Yesterday, um, probably probably one of the sweetest parts is they actually um, Robert Carlyle has a cameo as John Lennon. He does a fucking incredible job. Not old enough, pardon? Not old enough. They age him up and stuff, yeah. and they like give him makeup. But he basically, he, he, Dev Patel, who plays the main character, finds out that 
John Lennon lived because he didn't reach that infamy. He lived, mm. and it, it's and like John Lennon. I know that there's some darkness about that man, and people know the truth now because the internet exists and there's recollections what? of it. He wasn't the nicest guy in the world to women, and 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 he had he had a history of being quite abusive to people. And but that part aside, like the man wanted to travel, he wanted to go around the world, he wanted to play his music. That's what he wanted. He wanted to inspire the world, and he did often have a good message. He wanted peace. He didn't want people to fight and kill each other. He just wanted to fight and kill women. Um, but in this, he um, he meets him, and he says, "Like, what happened to your music? What happened to you?" And he goes, "Well, we were friends, and then we weren't friends, and then we didn't really continue with it. And like everybody went off and did their own thing in this universe." I can't remember what they say, but I think Paul McCartney or, or Ringo died. And then <laughs> George Harrison's win, win. still alive and so is John Lennon. And and, win, win, win. Um, and he says, like, but you didn't have any of the money, you didn't have any of the fame, like, you could have been the biggest band in the world. And he says, well, I mean, I went all around the world. Like, it, it, at that point in his life, at the point in the film where he's still alive, he lives in a, in a massive house that's attached to a White House. He maintains the White House. and that, The White House? The Lighthouse. <laughs> Sorry, slip of the tongue, because we were talking about Pro Jared and John Tron. Um, but no, he, he works in the lighthouse and he has a lighthouse. And it's, and it's just kind of a nice little touch. Mm. I didn't expect any sort of depth from Telling this stories movie. like that guy from Rick and Morty in no, the lighthouse. No, they just sit down and they talk. And it's really weird. And nice reference, by the way, to Rick and Morty. It's not four years too late. It was two years ago the last series came out. Was it? Yeah. Wasn't that the second season, though? Possibly. It was ages ago. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, yesterday, it's such a, like I said, it's just such a twee film. It's like cotton candy. There's no substance to it. Like, it's a nice story and everything. That's, and the whole point of the story is, don't lie. Try and work out what's in front of you and what you actually want. If there's a goal in your life you do want to obtain, try and obtain it the right way rather than cheating your way in. But at the same time, he becomes really successful cheating his way in and could have been a billionaire. So, you know, you don't really I don't know. know. I don't think the Beatles songs would... Oh, they? apparently they did great. Ed okay. Sheeran liked them. They changed the title of one song to Hey Dude. Oh. Can you guess which song it was? Um, it was Maxwell Silver. No, it was Yellow Submarine. Wrong again. No, yeah. um, it, it's just, you know, stupid jokes like that that are way too obvious. That's the problem. And also, Danny Boyle's direction in this, it's its almost like... Is it Danny Boyle? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, imagine if Danny Boyle directed... Directed one of those, like, um, what's that fucking Christmas movie? The British Christmas movie that had everyone in it. Um, backdoor Slots 8. <laughs> Christmas Backdoor. The Santa Claus Free. No, what was the fucking one with Hugh Grant and everyone else? It was one of those, like, Ben Elton joints. Yeah, they're, they're all terrible. I didn't watch them. Yeah, so basically it was just, like, one of those. It shot like one of those, which is really weird for Danny Boyle thing. Because usually he's quite good with setting scenes and making space count, and it just... There were times when it was hard to judge space or hard to judge how everything was happening. Well, you know, he's half arsing it these days because he didn't get to make his James Bond film. No, it's because he didn't get to make Sunshine 2. Sunshine Hard. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd, I'd still recommend people see it. If you like the Beatles, then it's kind of nice to hear the Beatles music done again by another artist. But I mean, you can, oh, hear, really? that, you can hear that a million times yeah, over you can never hear a, co- a cover of any Beatles songs ever. Yeah. It's not like they made that film across the universe, which I kind of guiltily like. <laughs> But yeah, no, this is fine though. It's just fine. It's the atoms. Just, it's just fine. And that's kind of the problem. <laughs> I give it a I give it a Matt Dillon. It's just fine. Matt Dillon? Yeah. He's got 
just one of those not faces. Kevin not one of those Kevin faces Dillon. I don't like. Well, that's fine, but it's it's Matt Dillon. It looks so. like like they take an actor and they put prosthetic makeup on him. Have you? Well, yeah, but look at Kevin Dillon. Which was Kevin Dillon? Kevin Dillon's the Matt Dillon with a rat face, his brother. No, he better. played drama on Entourage. You yeah, watch Entourage. No, God no. What? You didn't watch Johnny Drama? No. Always bringing the bloody drama. No. There was an episode of Entourage where, uh, where um, I want to say David Spade, but it wasn't David Spade. The guy from The Goods, Live Hard, So Hard. Jimmy Piven. Jimmy Piven. Jimmy Piven <sighs> called a small Asian guy a bunch of gay slurs, and that was meant to be funny. And that was Entourage every episode. Yeah. It, he um, called him Gaysian. Get it? Because uh, he's gay and Asian. And that's his Where's Jeremy Piven now? Baldings. <laughs> he's had some real good hair plugs put in. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember the, live, the goods? Live hard, sell hard? I no. remember... One um, joke. <laughs> freaking DJ Request. That's <laughs> the only thing that's good in that Play film. Play something up left in. Oh yeah, I've got you. Ooh. <laughs> they will try to test you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know there's a documentary coming out about Raul Julia? Is there? Yeah. Sweet. This I'm is... really looking forward to it because apparently he was like an activist. He was an actor. Well, he was an actor and he was like an activist, like a proper yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, he yeah was... um, freaking... Was it the freaking Cuban Revolution or whatever it was? Or something? I can't remember. He's got a whole freaking history. Yeah. And then he was M. Bison. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to take my knowledge of dictators and put it into this role. I'm going to be um, the greatest gonna cartoon be. dictator ever. It's gonna, I'm going to just make a really realistic dicta- um, depiction of a dictator. Yeah. Of course. For ten bison bucks, you can get yourself a burger. Bison dollars. Bison dollars. And how much is a bison dollar worth? A thousand dollars. No, it's worth five English pounds. Or at least it will be after he kidnaps the queen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Great plan. Fucking Jesus. Come on, man. You should know your... I'm going to have to rewatch it. Street Fighter. That's canon to the games. Is it really? Yeah, 100% canon. Bison dollars. Yeah. What are you done? Did you ever play that game? Well, the Street, Street Fighter movie, the game. It's alright game. People rag on that game. It's actually pretty decent. I did not like it. You're bad at games. Fair enough. Street Fighter, Street Fighter the movie, the game is actually a solid Street Fighter game. Oh, I believe you. It's better than Street Fighter Five. I believe you. Mm. You're done. Yeah, I'm done. It's your turn. You're what am I going to What the fuck am I, I going to do? Jesus Christ. Uh, Dragon Quest. No. Dragon I'm, Quest. No, because I've got it. It's not out yet. Dragon Quest. It's not out yet. Dragon Quest. Hmm. Quest to Dragon. Right. Yes. Old show. What? Voice Lugger. Who? Voice Lugger. Who loves so, the voice? This is a show. Yeah. Made in the late 90s. It's a story. Broadcast in 99. Right. And it was the last TV show created by Shotaro Ishinomori. Who is the creator of Cyborg 009. Bless you. You know that anime? Yeah. Um, there's that crossover with Devilman, wasn't there, a while oh, back. yeah. Um, he also created Carmen Rider. Is that the one with Devilman cries all the time? Super Sentai. The original show, Super Sentai. Sure, The first Shentai. series. Um, Voice Slugger is... He, he never got to see it. He died before it came to air. Oh, um, sad face. He had crazy hair, that guy did. Really? Almost as crazy as my hair. Yeah. But this is a show that was late night... I Japanese TV, only 12 episodes long. What? About a group of costumed heroes. Yeah. Sort of. Oh. So, like, the show starts with, um, there's a bunch of kids, they're being put in some sort of ritual thing. These little gems are coming out of them, and some creature is being drawn out of the ground. Did you watch Hentai? On a planet. No. And um, some gold costumed hero turns up yeah. and frees them. And he goes, going to take you somewhere safe. And they go okay. off into space. And that stops the plans of the evil villain, Teo Gemba. Take you Gemba, somewhere safe. Don't take Emperor Gemba. 
Yeah. Stop playing with your phone. I'm not Put your phone, phone down. Put your phone I'm down. I'm reading another review. No. Put it down. But, um, yeah, so that, that that's at the start of the thing. First mm-hmm. episode, they mm-hmm. got off. And then you join in with later on, 20 years later, they've grown up. You meet two of the girls. There's two girls, two boys. You don't know okay. where the other boys are. They've all split apart a little bit, but the two girls have stayed friends. Mm-hmm. And they both sort of end up getting roped into being voice actors. What, into voice actors? They get roped up, roped in to okay. being voice okay. actors. And, you know, they do their bit. They're not really sure what they're doing, but they're enjoying it and they're having fun. This sounds like hentai. No, it's not. So a weird pervert comes after the main one. I and in the process, I feel like... she's the only one who remembers what happened in the past. This is a joke, and, isn't it? No. And she knows she was a voice slugger. And the voice slugger is what they call. They slug like slugger, you know, slugger like a baseball bat, slugging... You know, like whoop, but with slug voice, like a tentacle. with their voice. So they shout, slug like a long slime. They shout thing. stuff and have powerful voices that can blow things up. They shout, shubba bang. I'm gonna watch this, and it's just gonna be like every other time I watch something you've recommended, it's no. gonna trick me. No, but it's, it's like voice slugger, and then suddenly this big tentacle comes. Well, the out. Lyric is ghost slugger, um, hensaw something, no ruby. Yeah. Anyway, so she transforms, and she gets a costume, and she fights a villain. Yeah. And it's a monster, secretly. Okay, okay. And it turns out the <clears throat> evil Emperor Gemba is back and he's planning to get the voice luggers gems and blah, 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 because now they're transforming. What do you the can gems find them. do? It's what gives them their power. It's the source of their power. Where does the gem go? It's inside them, magically, in their chest. Oh, right, in their chest. Yeah, it just sort of, you never see it. It's like, okay. well, does it to the end. Like Sailor Moon? No. Nah. Because they don't have a gem in their head that's during their transformation. That's the thing, it just sort of appears in front of them. Yeah, during the transformation, yeah. and it's on their head. No, yeah. that's a tiara. But anyway, the whole idea is they gradually over the episodes, they work, they sort of meet up with the other ones, they find each other. Yeah. The gold one hasn't appeared, and they're wondering where he is. Um, turns out the other two guys, the two males, mm-hmm. are um, two boys, are also voice actors, and they've been doing voice acting to train their vocals so they can use their powers more effectively. <gasps> And they agree to train the two girls and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's it's weird because at first it feels like it's just going to be a normal tokusatsu show thing. But it changes a lot because it's like not afraid to really mess you up. Like it it feels like something that's going to be light, breezy, very low budget. It's like super low budget. It feels like a 1970s or 80s show. Yeah. Um, and it's all shot handheld cameras and there is mistakes all over the place. Things like... You'll see boom mics getting into shot in the first episode. There's one episode where they're out in the desert and you can see the text that's on the lens. Yeah. Like in the shot. <laughs> it's just been left in shot because they've made oh, it on right. such a low budget. They haven't had the time to fix all these things. It kind of feels like maybe they were planning to crop it to widescreen, maybe because you can see the vignettes around the widescreen lens they've used, mm. around the wide angle lens. Because, you know, if you haven't got much budget and you've got to shoot fight sequences in a small place, use yeah. a widescreen lens, wide angle lens. Make it look like it's my match pack. Um, but as the episodes go on, it's like, oh, here's a monster for them to fight and stuff. And then things start mixing up a bit. And like a couple of episodes in, there's like their old robot maid that looked after them when they were children is sent there to betray them. And then she doesn't in the end. She helps them. Hmm. But as the episode ends, her head gets shot off. And the episode just ends as her head falls to the floor. <laughs> and you're just like, the fuck? This is like four episodes in. It's been fairly light and breezy so far. Yeah. And now their new friend got a head shot off. Well, her old friend. And she gets repaired because she's an android. It's fine. But then you get like another bit, simple episode stuff going on. And then the monster's sent and he's this monster's like, oh, yeah, uh, I've been sent to kill you. 
but he's really polite about it. He takes them to dinner and asks permission to kill them. And they're like, look, we don't want to fight you because you're just a, you're a nice monster. You're too polite. Mm. And you shouldn't really be doing this for the villains. Like, because you don't seem like a bad guy. Yeah. Turns out he's got a bomb in him. They put a bomb in him. The plan was, she, the villain who sent him, the general eyelash line, she's called, mm. played by the voice actor who plays uh, Sailor Mars in the Japanese Sailor Moon anime. They're all voice movie. actors. All the cast are voice yeah. actors in real life. They're all voice actors um but yeah he's got a bomb in him and they just basically spend his last day before the bomb blows up because they can't remove it without it going off just giving him a good time just taking him to meals getting letting him meet people hanging out um they found out he's musical so they record a song with him and the song becomes a hit after he's died it's mentioned a couple of times throughout the series wait he dies yeah he blows up spoilers yeah the episode just and they spend the whole episode... Spoiler warning for our ...getting audience. you to like this monster, who's just a nice, meek, polite, mild-mannered monster, and then they explode him. We're trying to and sell they make a little, people to read this. They make a little grave this. for him. Of course and they everything. do. He sounds lovely. Um, and then the last five episodes are one story arc, and it is like the show goes tonally from being something that's dabbled in darkness every now and again mm. to being just unrelentingly dark and horrible for the last five episodes. And considering it's like a 12-episode thing and the last five episodes are one story arc, yeah. it does feel a little bit like it rushes into that, but I'm guessing they knew they only had 12 episodes. They didn't have the budget for any more, for sure. So they decided to rush for it. Like, probably the whole series has the budget of one episode of Super Sentai, and I mean Super Sentai at that time. Name how much, though? Give us like an idea. Not much at all. How I mean, not, not enough to have light in. Everything shot in natural light and just... They did a bit. They might have had one floodlight, or something. But um, there's a little weird alien thing that's their friend, and okay. it floats around the place. Still and it's sounds literally like, still sounds so much like hentai. To it's me. literally just like a little puppet. It kind of looks like one of those Teddy Ruxpin type toy things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the last five episodes, like the villain brainwashes one of the rangers. He tries to one of the voice luggers. He crushes the throat of one of the girls, like beats the shit out of her. Does she die? Nah, she ends up in a put into like not a vegetative state because she can't believe what happened. He gets taken away to another dimension and then the Ruby Ranger, the leader, the good well, the main girl, yeah. um, Akiko, she goes to rescue him and that goes horribly. He ends up getting killed. He breaks free of his brainwashing, but in the process dies. Gets like a frigging blade shoved through him, like a big old sword goes straight through him and blood starts pissing out the back of it. Yeah. Um, all these blades are fired at him and you see like, it's quite a neat shot, he's got a little cape mm. and when the blades come flying towards him, the cape like ruffles up and that reveals all the injuries underneath yeah. a, and then they put a bit of blood effect in so it looks like they've burst through him and fucked him up. It's a nice way, a nice low budget way of hiding, you know, the makeup effect they put on the costume and then revealing it and making it look like they had a bit more budget yeah. than they really did. Um, and that that episode is just like it fucking ends with her lying outside the dimensional portal thing that they they made, mm. and she's like lying there with her arm out, and she's got hold of his hand, and then the camera like pans along, and it's just a severed arm, and it's like it's freaking nothing that violent has happened over the course of this, and he's just like pissed blood over, and he's dead. No, like they freaking kill the Green Ranger. I mean, come on, like, this got to happen eventually, right? But it's just like. It's this show that just gets unrelentingly dark, and then the last five episodes is like pure drama. Turns out the planet they were on that was like destroyed centuries ago, that the Gold Ranger failed to save, was like turned out later to be Earth. Oh, 
So it's like if they don't say so the day... So he's from the future? The Earth gets destroyed. No, it's from very, very far in the past. Oh. Extremely far in the past. So he somehow like, has seen the future, though? No, no, he just exists. Like, the planet was a place called Voiceland, and everyone died on it because he went off to save the voice luggers on this other planet. Oh, right. Where they were being used as a summon. But then Earth got better. Well, dinosaurs happened, Mesozoic, oh, okay. all sorts so of stuff. So he's from even earlier on. Yeah, they're like timeless, those guys. They don't even realise it's happened because they've been in status in a spaceship before they got dropped off on Earth as kids. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, for a show that's, like, incredibly low budget, like, friggin' shockingly low budget at times, because mm. um, you, you can feel you can feel the money just barely being there. Um, its ambitions, like, go far greater than it has the money for. Like, the monster costumes are actually pretty good costumes. Like, they spent all the money on that. Is there any like sort um, of grim detail, like the exposed hearts and stuff pumping? There's like yeah. a they put one the first general. There's two generals in the series. Yeah. The first one gets put in a prison, and the prison's like a beating heart that he's inside, and he's sitting inside. It's all fleshy, and but there's this shot where he gets freed from it. There's a double cross thing going on. Yeah, but like a laser fight, isn't it? Like it looks like the flesh being burnt open, like when you see open heart surgery, hmm. like like laser burning the. And do you often surgery? watch open heart surgery? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um. But yeah, it's just—it's like it just has ambitions beyond what you expect. There is stuff where it's like the villain's main layer, which sort of disappears towards the end of the series. After yeah. that, it just gets replaced with a black room that's clearly just got black cloths hanging up in it. Cheaper. Um, with very little lights to hide all and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's one of these rooms where they've gone, all right, we're going to make a digital set. But the digital set is just like a chess checkerboard pattern floor and ceiling. And some glowy stuff in the distance. That's oh, not good, is it? Yeah, I mean that's C- that's a, like a CG set they made. I say CG. That's probably a bit generous. Mm. Um, you couldn't find a room with a checkerboard floor, put some green screen up. You couldn't just you couldn't just find somewhere where you could go and film the floor. Yeah, and then just composite it in. Yeah, but um, but yeah, they put they put some effort in. It feels like a 1970s show. Even the theme tunes straight out of the 70s, and there is blatant because. Shoto Oshinomori, who's known for his stuff from the 70s, like Carmen Rider and Cyborg 009, so I'm guessing that's entirely on purpose, but they juxtapose it with very naturalistic acting. I say naturalistic, somewhat naturalistic acting. The characters are... Everything's dubbed over, you know, in ADR, yeah. which is just how it was on low-budget shows back then. Yeah. So it sounds a little bit off at times. It's hard to catch... But, hard to properly record audio when you've got an empty room that's echoey. And... Well, when you're shooting on a low-budget, you might as well not have the mic. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. But um, yeah, Still got the boom mic in some shots. I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's, yeah, it's been shot in V. It's been shot on video, so it's like really low grade quality. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it's never had a treatment to upscale it or anything. There's not much you can really do with video, though, is it there? Depends on really... it. Star Trek's video. Yeah, but Star Trek was filmed, next generation. Wasn't it? Next generation was shot on video. Really? Yeah, and Deep Space Nine. What kind of video were they using? Um, they used widescreen video formats for record filming the whole. Well, most of it, they used a whole bunch of different things, but. If your video has been treated well and you've got the original negatives and original tapes and everything, you can upscale and you can do repairs to it like crazy, but there's no way this show has had that. Yeah, um, there's no way they could do it. Well, at least the films oh. for Next Generation were shot on film because yeah. they look spectacular. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, only, um, the only thing that suffers is I was watching... Um, I was watching... What's the one with the Borg? That's First Contact, you fucking yeah, I was watching, you I was watching, watching First Contact <laughs> and the digital effects... It looks like... It was made in 1997 or 8 or whenever I know, it was. but when they've upscaled it, mm. <laughs> the digital face just like... But no, the voice saga was a lot of fun. Um, there's a... The episode before it all gets dark is brilliant. Genius episode. So, because the, the voice actors... Mm. 
and they get told to go do this tokusatsu so stage show like they do in Japan. They have stage shows. So they're doing the voices. One of them's dressed up in a monster costume. Turns out the head of the monster costume is actually a monster itself. And takes her over. Controls his body. Yeah. And he's knocked out the actual hero of the show. So they end up just going, fuck it. And they transform on stage. And they beat up the monster and have a whole battle and everything. In the process, the police turn up to help. And the police are all played by former characters from... Former actors from Carmen Rider and Super Sentai and stuff like that. So you've got oh. Shoji from Die Ranger, who's my favourite. Nice. Um, they get their asses kicked. The original Carmen Rider turns up briefly in the episodes because I caught a fish. And that's about all he does. He's so old. What yeah. more could he well, do? This is 1999. It's oh, so he was less old. He was like yeah. 50. Yeah. But um, that episode was a lot of fun just because they put on this big old stage show. Yeah. And everyone, everyone in the audience is just like, ah, stage show. And then after that, the Green Ranger gets his killed brutally and his arm gets cut off. Yeah. Yeah, just blood everywhere. Um, and everyone hates the Red Ranger after that because she shouldn't have gone in there. <laughs> Probably not. And the Blue Ranger goes to another planet for a while and just everything goes to shit. Yeah, sounds about right. But there's a interesting show. A couple of episodes in, I was like, I'm not sure about this. The moment the Android Android Pie, the robot, got a head shot off at the end of the fourth episode and there's no reaction shot, just a head drops to the floor, episode ends. <laughs> I was like... Holy shit. Well done. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to take a break for a, for a second. <laughs> um, I know the guy who did the subs for it said that he took a break after doing that one because mm-hmm. he does the subs in a way where he just, he watches the episode and types oh, okay. as he goes along. He doesn't sit there and make notes or anything. He just I'm does it. they don't just give him the script. Well, no, he's, no, he's not official, is it? They're not going to help anyone. Right. He sits there does it. And he said, when I got to the end of that episode, I had to take a break for a couple of days. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's an, in, it's an interesting low budget 12 episode show you can breeze through it in no time but you, you know you have to search to find it because it's a 1999 low budget show that no one's heard of yeah and uh I like the bit when the android's head got shot off so yeah it's pretty interesting just pss, pss. yeah okay was that your review no I haven't even started yet alright cool uh, so my second review is uh, it my second review uh, yeah sure my second review is going to be a new horror movie there's no new horror movies. Called Ready or Not. Here uh, I come. You can't hide. I'm going to find you and take you wimpies. The Fiji song. I'm going to take you wimpies. Fiji's. Fiji's, yeah. Fiji's. Yeah. Um, so I watched Ready or Not, which is a new horror film starring Samara Weaving. Um, and she's been, in, she's been in a few horror things. She was in that... Um, she was in that uh, film starring the guy from Stephen Yeun from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Control or whatever it was. The in the building. Yeah. Yeah. Rampage. I can't remember what it's called. No, no, no. It was actually pretty good, though. It's John a John C. McGinley in it, didn't it? No, that was the Belko experiment. Oh. Yeah. Same film. Yeah. You, and it wasn't Office Upri- Uprising, which was a very similar concept that came out around the same time. Um, anyway, Samara Weaving. She was also in the Ash vs. Evil Dead. She had a really good cameo in that. In the second to last episode of the first series. Anyway, so in this she plays a newlywed bride into a family who have an incredibly large house and all this money and it's all come from this board game empire that they have they have owned for oh. hundreds of years. Is it the Milton Bradleys? No. So um, they have like a nice interesting story. So after the wedding, after all the celebration, after all the merriment, they go into this big room and there is a box. And it's just a just this old wooden box. And they put one blank playing card inside of the box. And it gets passed around the entire family and it stops on the new bride. So it could be the new bride. 
It could be the new husband. It's whoever's joining the family on the deck. She presses a button, and then the card pops out with the game they must play at midnight ah. to introduce her to the family. And the card that pops out doesn't have a game. It just says, ready or not. And they know this to be the card that when it pops out, they have to kill the person who has just joined the family. Oh, that's yeah. a bit... It's a bit spooky, spooky, isn't it? Well, that's not really... That's not a good way to keep the family. No, it's not. Um, They do have, like, a nice... Get out of her first. There is a nice intro to it where you see someone being hunted and you see two little boys and they're, you know, they kind of point where he is and it's like... That insinuates stuff or... um, It it sort of lays the groundwork. So the cast is... There's quite a few different people in this. Um, The only person I know is Samara Weaving and also um, playing one of the brothers is Adrian Brody. No, Adam Brody. Adam Brody. getting those mixed up. And Adam Brody, he's good. I like Adam Brody. He's, name a bad thing that he's done. I don't know what he's done. Jennifer's Body? <sighs> the OC? I don't, I don't even Yoga know. Yoga Hoses? Just in a bunch of stuff, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Just some guy. No, he's pretty good. He's done a lot of good stuff. Actually, I would stand by Adam Brody being alright. He's alright in films most of the time. Uh, he was in He was in Shazam. It's no Adrian Brody. He was in Shazam. Was he? Yeah, he played one of the boys. He played the cripple kid where he grew up, didn't he? Crippled. The guy was crippled at the crutches. Differently abled. Robot. Soulless monster. His name was Freddy. His name was whatever I wanted to fucking be. Eddie. He's oh, you're the one he's who's in, obsessed with that film. He is in it as well. I own, I own that film now. Yeah. On Steelbook 4K Blu-ray. Because oh. I liked it so much. Um, and you couldn't so, even remember the kid's name. Freddy. I just yeah. said it yeah. multiple times. Yeah, and then yeah. you kept saying to me he was crippled. Oh, was a bastard. So anyway, so ready or not, so so she must run away and hide, and she doesn't think it's like she's she's <laughs> we can play hide and seek. She goes and hides in a dumb waiter, and like they all gear up, they have like guns and stuff, and they get ready. And soon enough, she realizes she's being hunted, and so she decides to attempt to escape, and then finally decide to fight back. Yeah, it's kind of a fun film. It's not. It's pitched as a horror film like it's advertised everywhere with her and she's got a big shotgun and she's got bullets around her shot a bandolier and it looks very much like a your next style film but it's not that there are elements of that film in there but it's just it's just not that she your is, next is the one where goldberg goes on a spearing rampage isn't it yeah santa sleigh yeah um, classic so it's it's really really good in a certain way but it's not so great in another way if you're expecting a horror movie this isn't it it's not a horror movie if you're expecting a more of a, if you're expecting a little bit more comedy and a little bit of a deeper plot than, you, than this film sort of insinuates in the beginning, then you know it's kind of cool. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of um, speculation because the whole of the family that exists at this point, because they have always done what they've been told, so they've always killed when they get the ready or not card, and they've always just played checkers if they get checkers or chess because they can just get like snap and shit, and they just play snap. Why don't they play snap? Well, it's because it didn't pop out. It has to be the same family would have just been like, I know. Let's not do that. But that's kind of the point. They've kept doing it because their success has grown and grown and grown. Even when the industry suffered, even when there were other companies going in recession, their industry, their, sorry, their wealth has just grown. And they think that it's all down to the fact that this box, and this is the rumor, and it's kind of nice they speckled this in there. The rumor is that originally the box was handed to the great granddad because he made a deal on a merchant ship to show a card trick to a person. And the person couldn't work out how they did the card trick. Oh. And so I'm going to show you a trick. And they revealed the box. And they said, if you agree, and he gives them the rules, and he says, if you agree that, your family will prosper. 
Oh. But if you don't do it, then they go. And it's it's insinuated that was the devil, and that the whole thing is linked to. And I won't reveal what happens at the end because there's a nice twist at the end. But through the through all of it, I you know I was at least entertained. I was never on the edge of my seat. I was never like, oh, she's not going to make it. I was always like, you'd fall I'm off just the edge of your seat, though. I would. Mm. Um, oh, actually, it does have Andy McDowell in it. Oh, I like Andy yeah, McDowell. She plays the mum. Does she? Yeah, and it's, and she's really good in it, actually. There's a really good running joke where there's this incompetent fat boob who is married to one of the to this drugged up girl who just keeps doing coke and she accidentally shoots all the wait staff. And oh yeah, the wait staff get fucked in this. Yeah, like we need clown. We need- when they're hunting her, like they keep getting picked off. There's one. There's one that just walks into a room and scares the coked up girl, and she spins around and fires a gun and shoots her straight in the neck, and then she slowly dies. And Adam Brody comes in and he goes, "Oh fuck." She was my favourite. Like that, and just walks off drunk off his tits because he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be part of it. And he yeah. just keeps drinking. Um, and there's another one where Samara Weaving is go- trying to get back in the dumbwaiter because she realises what's happening finally. And as she's trying to get in, one of the wait staff tries to push her because the wait staff is like, oh, fuck, go away because people keep dying around you. And as she's pushing, she's like, no, fuck off, bitch. Fuck you, fuck you. And they're like, and then she pushes her. And she starts to go, she's here, she's here. And she goes, she's here, she's here. She tries to slam shut the dumbwaiter, but she actually, like, breaks the cable where she's trying to force it down. The cable snaps and it kills the weight stuff. And they come along and they're like, oh, fuck. She was my second favourite. Like, that's oh, kind dear. of the ongoing thing. Uh, but no, I, I I really think that this is one of those things that's going to be like a Netflix breakaway hit. But it's just, I don't think there's enough here. It's not here. Netflix. It's not enough here for a cinema, like... It's not. It's on in the cinema. I know, but there's not enough here to justify like twelve quid to see it once. I think this is the kind of thing that would would really benefit from repeat review, like repeat viewings. It's going to be like Kiss one of the, day of the reason like, why we get a Marvel. It will film literally show. be like a DVD or Blu-ray hit. People will watch this a lot, but I don't think that in the cinema this holds enough to. And also, it just so dark. It like in a cinema when it's already dark, it's so dark, and they don't really make a point to use natural light in the environments. Loads of stuff they could use, like there's candles burning in some scenes and there's colours, but they just shoot it really weirdly so they don't get any of that natural light. Well, the candles and stuff aren't going to affect when you're filming. Yeah, but it's not lit in a way that, you know, sort of captures the essence that it's not lit at all in some scenes and it just doesn't really work properly. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, it, it's perfectly serviceable. I think people enjoy it. Those who want to see it are going to go see this in the cinema. Those who don't are going to catch it on DVD or Blu-ray and they'll show it to all their mates. It'll be one of those films. So I give it a, I give it a Emma Stone in a Aloha playing a Hawaiian <laughs> no. person. No, I give it Emma Stone. Like, across the board, I reckon it's more good than bad. It's a lot more good than bad. There are a couple of blights, inexcusable in a big budget. Like, it's a big budget film. It has a lot of money behind it. But just a couple of blights are a bit unforgivable, but I can see this really prospering in the right environment. Samara Weaving was also in The Girlfriend, which was a Netflix MCG film, which wasn't as bad as everybody said it was. It was actually quite a job, a lot of energy there. I think he got bad taste. Had, had uh, Stephen Amell's brother, Robbie Amell. Yeah, he's in everything on Netflix. He was, he's incredible in it, because the little kid, so it's, the plot is this little kid's being I know, like, you talked about it before. Yeah, I know, but the, yeah, okay. But there's, uh, the little kid gets drugged and then wakes up, and they're all standing there, like, they're all standing there trying to menace the kid, and there's Robbie Amell just with his top off with a baseball bat behind his shoulders. He's like, why is that guy topless? Why is this the right... You just murdered a guy. <laughs> Why is that the right time to get your top off? This will be a male. He's got blood on his shirt. He's so hot. Mm. All right, your review, Ant. 
No. What are you gonna review? Um well I don't have much choice. So Carmen Rider W. w double. W, double. W. It's they pronounce it as Carmen Rider Double on the show, but it's W. It's double. It makes sense for it to be double. The Japanese say W is W. There's double, because like I guess they have U's. But anyway, this show is fan-freaking-tastic and might be one of the best TV shows ever made. It's amazing. Um, the the basic premise is that there's a detective called Shotaro who fancies himself as a hard-boiled detective. He was He, for a while, was trained by a proper hard-boiled detective who was all sort of like, you know, grizzled, tough, doing all the nightclubs and stuff like that, you know, all the nasty cases and all that. That guy died. He got killed when they were rescuing a child from this weird laboratory. Okay. Well, I say a child, he's like a teenager. And he didn't have a name. He didn't know what his name was or anything like that. They called him Philip. The detective named him after... The detective Shotaro was working with named him after his favourite literary detective. He was Philip from something. To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah. Um... But anyway, Philip has a weird ability because, of course, he is. He was, he was in a lab, and his ability is that he has he can access all the memories of Earth and all the information on Earth, and it represents as like a library full of bookshelves with books and stuff. Yeah, and he can read them all up. And if he wants to search something, he just needs the keywords to filter through it, mm-hmm. and he can access the memories and find out stuff. He gets a bit obsessive. If he wants to find out something, he'll search for it, and that's all he'll care about until he's found out everything he can about whatever subject he's picked up on. Yeah. Which is helpful when you're doing a case, if he's obsessed with the thing for the case. Not helpful if he decides he's obsessed with a dance move for a couple of weeks, days, because hmm. that gets in the way of doing the cases. But him and Shotaro work together. Shotaro's not very smart. Philip's very smart. Shotaro can fight. Philip mm-hmm. can't. Okay. But together, they are calm and ride a double. They have the belt buckle thing. Yeah. They have these things called Gaia memories. Yeah. And Gaia memories are what making the monsters. They're like... Each memory is like it looks like a USB stick, but mutated. Um, although the final ones look like proper ones, but they all represent memory. They all represent things to do with Earth. So it's um, things like bat and skull, fear, all this sort of stuff. They have Joker and Cyclone, and they put them into a belt thing, flips together. Philip's brain, sort of his consciousness, goes into Shotaro. They turn into a costume. It's like half black on one side for the Joker half, green for the Cyclone half. The two minds in one body fighting villains and stuff like that and they can sort of psychically talk to each other and all this sort of thing fighting villains and they can switch over their halves they can activate one that's like heat themed metal themed all this sort of stuff um really neat little thing and it doesn't get overdone it's they don't spend every episode getting tons of new powers or anything Mm. they get a total of like two new powers over the course of the whole series which is that's nothing for a carmen rider series uh they get fang which is Philip's one. So when Philip takes over and he becomes the one controlling Carmen Rider double, um, it's his one. His his half turns white and gets like a blade that comes out the shoulders or the elbow and stuff. Not the guy, his elbow. But that's on the rare occasion he fights. He gets tired when he fights, so he can't do it too often. And then they later on get the extreme one, which is what my uh, watch thing is that I got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah double yeah. extreme. Um, which is just like he pulls his he puts his hands in the middle part where the split is down he the middle turns his chest open pulls it open and it's all shiny oh. it does go gold later for like whenever they want a dramatic moment in the movies and he's mostly a robot nah he's not a robot but um no nah, it's the series itself every episode it's like it's all split up into two episode arcs where every case is two episodes they've always got two titles 
like one to do with Philip, one to do with Shotaro, like two titles merging together. Um, whole bunch of brilliant characters. All the friggin' informants they go to are weirdos. There's a guy who's got a really, he's got a really weird face. It's mm. like he's long and a massive great with palm tree like hair style who's just crazy and maybe a bit of a pervert. Oh, okay. um, there's a guy who goes around dressed as Santa all the time and he gives out information to people in the form of presents and he's, it's sort of implied that he's smuggling shit around the city. Mm. That's like what he does. He dresses as Santa and gives out presents to people that are dodgy shit. Yeah. Um, and there's also these two schoolgirls who don't seem to ever be at school who are played by two members of AKB48. Okay, what's AKB48? Uh, a Japanese pop group, one of the most famous Japanese J-pop groups in the world. Oh, right. It's that one that cycles over its members every few years when they get too old. Because they, you know, don't have too many people who are over the age of 21. Gross. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's like, Shotaro himself is a fantastic character. He writes his reports on a typewriter, and Japanese typewriters don't really exist. They only have English typewriters. Yeah. So he's writing all his reports out in Roman, in Romanized Japanese, which is... <laughs> A bizarre thing for a Japanese person to do, but it's fine. Gotta do something. It does mean I can read them every now and again, so yeah. there's that. Um Philip's fantastic, like one of the most entertaining characters. He's got a sort of he's got a look I described as the great confuser. You remember from Mighty Boosh? Is it a boy, is it a girl? Do I mind? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got that sort of look to him. Um he comes out of his shell over the course of the series. It's like a series long arc where he's like he basically doesn't see himself as human at the start. He figures he's some sort of experiment and all this sort of stuff. And just as he's beginning to accept, no, I'm a person and I've got interests and I like people and I like things. And, mm. you know, he becomes, he feels like he's part of a family. He finds out he's literally an experiment. Like he, he's a clone of a child that fell down a well into the earth's core. Like there was a. How did they clone him then? They basically, he was born from the Gaia memories in the earth. Yeah. And they created him from that. Um, so he's, even though he's got the body and everything of a child called Raito and Wright. Um, he doesn't really remember any of it because he's basically an experiment and he's like, am I even freaking human and shit? Yeah. Um, there's like a, his whole family's messed up and they're the ones behind all the things. They sell like guy memories like drugs. Mm. So kids want revenge on someone. So they give them this memory that's going to give them a new power, like a spider power or some shit. Oh. And they use it and they get addicted to it and it corrupts them. And if they use it too much, they turn into a bigger monster. Have to fight one of them, one of the bigger monsters it turns into. It only happens like three times in the series. Mm. Um, looks like chicken legs from Go- from Golden Axe, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, you know, the pink thing with the beak, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks exactly like that. That's cool. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the show, the wit on the show, the freaking humor, the, the way it ends, like it gets proper emotional towards the end. Um, I don't even want to spoil it, but there is a there is a moment where the partner has to decide if he's going to pull a trigger, oh, okay. effectively. And then there's like an epilogue episode to give you the nice happy ending, but it just shows, it gives a good end to the arc of Shotaro, who's sort of like, let's say at the start, he's very confident of himself, but he's a bumbling idiot. Mm. And by the end, he grows as a person and becomes the detective he always wanted to be, but still a bit goofy. Um, there's a movie towards the end of the series, which is like probably the only Carmen Rider movie I've seen set in the series universe, not one of its own separate things. That's like an actual proper A to Z story that has introduces the characters and the premise and stuff and builds up a proper plot. Because a lot of the time they just kind of assume you've seen the show and they just leap straight in. And usually the plot twists in those films are like, this character's acting weird and then you find out, oh no, no he's not really at the end, rather than doing an actual plot twist. Yeah. This one actually has a proper progression and plot twist and the villains in it are fun. Um that's quite good. That's got like 
a new Carmen Rider in it, Carmen Rider Eternal, when they have a big fight on top of this big old windmill Wait, thing. Carmen Rider Eternal? He's called Carmen Rider Eternal, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, and it's just a really cool film. And there's a post-series film that I watched last night. Okay. Um, it's actually one of the ones where it's like basically an extended episode of two different series bunged together. Yeah. But that one was all about his predecessor, Carmen Rider Skull. Um, his old detective was a Carmen Rider as well. It was a little secret thing. He is easily the coolest fucking dude in the world because he's a bit older than all the other Carmen Riders. He did, this is the story of how he gets his power and everything. Yeah. Um, his mask looks like a skull. It's got a crack down the middle of it, like makes an S symbol. <laughs> um, and he wears a hat and he's got a scarf. And he's a lot more like old-fashioned Carmen Riders where he's pretty gritty and like, you know, he, he doesn't take no shit. And he just, he'll, he'll oh, punch course, first. He? He'll punch first before he answers questions and asks questions and all this sort of stuff. But he's just endlessly cool. There's a bit where the villains have like brought a digger, like a big old bulldozer thing down on top of him. Yeah. And his phone starts ringing and it's Narumi, who's one of the main characters in the series, but it's her as a little girl. Yeah. And he takes the time to answer the phone. And he's like, yeah, I'll come and see you soon. Um, I'm kind of in a bit of trouble right now. So it's very noisy there. Uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of fighting bad guys and stuff, but I promise you I'll be there to save you. Yeah, I'll be there to see you soon. And all this stuff, but he never sees her again because oh. the bad guy put a spider in him, and it gives you a reason why he never turns up again. Um, Is he like the other one with the rotten hand? No, nah, he got like a spider that's inside him, and if he touches the person he loves most, the spider will go into that person and explode them. Um, you see, the villains just throws shit tons of the spiders out into the world, and then around the city, there's explosions going off everywhere, and every explosion is someone being blown up after touching their their girlfriend. Yeah, Yeah, which is fucked up. You just hear explosions going for minutes in the background while the scenes are carrying on. I don't think the series is made for people that have partners, is it? (laughs) It's just this is the flashback thing, because the Narumi's watching it all. Oh, right. She's got access through the memory. There's a memory... There's a memory memory. A guy memory for memory. And it allows her, it allowed her to see what happened in the past. And she finds out memories from other people. It finds out, well, yeah, if anyone's got it. But that's how she finds out why her father never contacted her again, never came to see her again. She has an estrangement issue, but he died before the series died. So and it was fucking, because he's got spiders in him. Yeah, he got spider in him, explosive spider. Hmm. But um, yeah, Carmen Ryder Skull is awesome. I wish there was a whole series based on him because just like I like the idea of a proper hardball detective. But the show we got is about a detective who's not hardboiled, he's a bit half-boiled. That's the uh, running joke. Um, but so many standout episodes. The ones where yeah. there's like a talent show and there's the guy in the talent show is absolutely fucking terrible, but everyone keeps voting that he's great because there's a the monster has basically got the ability to make people do what he says and people are paying him to make people do things. Oh, right. It's and someone, someone else has paid him to make the judges vote this guy through because she likes him and she feels so bad for him because he's so terrible. <laughs> and he can't... The guy who plays does an amazing job of terrible singing. Like, it is... Un- really? It is incredible. It's like... It sounds like tons of cats being squished in an accordion. So it sounds like me at karaoke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just tons of... It, like, few episodes in, you're getting the episodes where it's like, oh, childhood friend turn, dies and shit like that. And it's like... It takes Do you they maybe use stuff. Def a bit too much as a plot device? It's 50 somewhat episodes. They can kill as many people as they like. That. No, that's true. Um, it's also got that amazing episode I think I showed you a clip from where the puppet goes is possessed. Yeah. <laughs> attacking, attacking that girl. Yeah, and possibly the funniest, that might be one of the funniest episodes of television ever made. Just because it sounds like a jibber-jabber attacking them all mm. the time. Second half of that episode, none of that goes on. Not much of it. But that episode's fucking hilarious. 
But yeah, Carmen Rider double. Um, honestly, by the end, I'm just like the last couple of episodes. I was like, this is fucking brutal, man. Mm. It's hit me in the feels, and it's really effective. And you know, I've got two movies that are set after the film to watch. I'll get to them yeah. after the series, but it is a fantastic series. I might just jump straight onto the next Carmen Rider series because apparently that one's just as good. It's called Carmen Rider O's. Oh, it's three O's, but oh. you say O's. So is it right? Oh, I always thought ooh, but he he makes a cameo in this because you know we do the preview thing. They do a cameo. Go see the summer movie, and we'll cameo the next Carmen Rider for you. Yeah, um, it's probably the only time I think where you actually see the guy who plays him, not just the guy in the costume. Usually, it's just the costume turn, you know, stunt actor in the costume doing a bit of fighting, but you actually see the character actor who plays him in the show turn up, chasing after a coin. Hmm. And, um, yeah, it was... Oh, yeah, and also the guy memories were secretly being made by Foundation X, which is linked to the bad guys from Shin Kamen Rider. <gasps> bum, bum, bum! And they see a folder. They look going through their plans for what, they've, what they're doing. You see the memories, and then it switches to the next page, and it's the coins from the, sec- from the series that follows onwards. And then you never hear from them again until Kamen Rider XA in, like, one episode. They kind of lost track of that idea. I, I quite like the idea of there being a shadowy organisation, basically giving all the villains their abilities. Mm. Um, I know. They forgot about that. But yeah. Stupidly fun series, though. Like, the theme tune is like this funky jazz rock thing going on. Mm. Like, kind of like Lupin Ranger versus Patteranger, where there's two sets of lyrics alternating between. Gonna take you for a ride. No, that's the Marvel versus Capcom character select screen. Um, I like the motorbike. The back half comes off and can be replaced with a flying bit and a water bit. It's quite cool. Hmm. Um, and uh, the secondary rider is called Calm Rider XL and he's a motorbike and he literally turns into a motorbike motorbike fiend and he turns his revs his engine turns into a bike and he gets a motocross form where he goes blue and can go faster oh but that's like only two Carmen riders in the series other than the one that's in the film doesn't count and they only have like one power up each and it's like it's nice after watching something like Build which I loved Build I thought mm. it was great, but for the first like sixteen-ish episodes, he's just getting more and more frigging powers. And then as the show goes on, he gets more and more powers. And by the end of it, he's a f- basically a god, and he merges two dimensions together, which was a bit over the top. Mm. Doubles brought it right down to street level. Thing the final fight happens just out in the middle of nowhere, and the only real danger to it is that the villain's an asshole and should probably be punched in the face a few times. Mm. Um, and the real danger is that someone's gonna die. Do they? And not the villain. No. Um, but yeah, fantastic series. Also, like Narumi, she hits people on the head with a shoe. It's a running gag. She's like an old wife in a 20-something-year-old body. She runs around the place twatting people on the head with shoes when they misbehave. Which is funny. I like mm. that. And whenever Philip passes out when his consciousness is in the double's body, she's usually there to pick him up and carry him around on her shoulders. Like She's just like running around with him hunched over, like piggybacking him because he's unconscious and they've got to get him somewhere. Um, the amount of times they just find him and he's just like passed out the bottom of some stairs. <laughs> it's just like, just dead. Yeah. I quite like the idea of him just passing out there because you see him transform, you just see him at the side of the screen going, Ugh. Sounds like a ferret. But um, yeah, fucking amazing series. I like, Build was my favourite Carmen Rider series before this, but this mm. one just edges over it. Um, I like Build because of how ridiculous it got as it went on. Yeah. But this one doesn't get ridiculous. It keeps it at a level and it just keeps giving you varied episodes and fun characters and... You know, Philip's fun. I like Philip. Yeah. He's entertaining. It does sound, It sounds like it's a lot of fun. 
And uh, yeah, I like the idea of two people in one Kamen Rider, the split body thing. Sounds a bit like Firestorm. Yeah, it's mm. very similar to Firestorm. It's probably they probably took some influence from it. Probably, yeah. Um, he's got an insectoid-looking body as well, which I I love him insectoids. I like you it when there's monsters. It. That's my problem. It's just I, I yeah. probably like it when it's more gyvery than it needs to be. Yeah, they yeah. are proper monsters. Well, they're people who have turned into monsters, mm. and then when they do their finishing move, the USB stick thing flies out and cracks, and that's how they re- get rid of their Billy. The fucking villains in the show. There's a doctor in it who's creepy as fuck. Mm. Um, he latches onto one of the villains called Psycho. I like Psycho. She's cool. Um, she's a, a sort of slightly older woman who's like basically sees herself as being the heir to her father's empire okay. and she's planning to backstab him and the doctor's going to make it happen um, and every guy she gets attached to over the course of the series because it happens a couple of times like the first half she marries a guy and she ends up killing him because he <laughs> just doesn't live up to her standards Yeah, the doctor guy gets killed and that turns her into like turns against him and all this sort of stuff guys betray her and she hates it and you kind of go like yeah you kind of you've been lumped in with bad people Yeah, you could probably be good if you weren't like also turning into a weird floating cocoon thing yeah. with fungus on her head. Oh, of course, like everybody's got to deal with their own gaps, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, great series. Bring cool. and watch it. And um, Carmen Rider Skull's the coolest Carmen Rider. I'm going to need to find a Carmen Rider Skull action figure. Mm. Going on Amazon. See it right. You um, eBay. You want to go on? Re- you add. You review something. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. <sighs> um. I've only got one more thing to review, but it'll be short. Okay, um, I've got I've got two more things to review. Uh, the first thing I'm going to review is a recent movie. Uh, I'm going to give a quick quick hint as to what I'm going to read. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. It's uh, it chapter two. Oh, I thought you were going to do Simpsons movie. No, 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 God, I wish. I haven't watched that in ages. I haven't seen that in cinema. Is it all right? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that in the cinema. I saw yeah. it in the cinema as well. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's okay. It's fine. Renia Wolfcastle wasn't he voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger in the? No, 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 no. yeah, think voice cast. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, it chapter two. Uh, the, I I reviewed the original it. I said I liked it a lot. Um, Holy fuck! <laughs> it chapter one was really really just charming. Um, it came at the right time. It was when the Stranger Things boom was hitting, and it was a bunch of kids dealing with their child childhood uh, fears and stop masturbating. No, you know the figure I got over there. Yeah, um, the same. Range figure of Carmen Ryder Skull is eighty two pound seventy two on Amazon. Jesus. Um, anyway, Holy so yeah, so God. Pennywise, Pennywise's return twenty seven years later. Pennywise's returned, and the group are called back together. So it's Bill, Eddie, um, wait, the band, yeah, Bill, Eddie, um, oh, Richie, God. Richie, ben, Nick, Nigel, and um, Vivian. No, yeah, um, and uh, God, what's the name of the? Uh, I want to say Blair, but it's not Blair. Yeah, Blair, uh, yeah, one of them was called Blair. No, I've been years no. since I watched the original. Anyway, but films. they all they all get back together, get back together, and they and they decide they're going to defeat it after their memories slowly return from being back in Derry. Um, and, but they have uh, to because they'll die if they don't. Yeah, basically, the the idea is that um, Beth, that's her name, Beth has seen them all die in horrific ways, and they all seem to be linked to it. If they can defeat it, then they won't die in these horrific ways, or at least that's implied. I think it's more of a case of Beth wants him to kill him so that this doesn't happen to other people. Mm. I think there's a nice little bit of... I think it's explicit in the book, isn't it? What? That um, it sort of basically effectively by defeat, by 
stopping it in the past or making him disappear. They somehow affected their they lives. They've got like a virus that'll kill him in 27 yeah. years unless they kill it. So basically they're, they something. reach a heightened level Book's of success nuts. over everyone. I know. It's long. There are some really good bits in the book. And those bits are present. Some of them are present in this. You've got the homophobic attack on the young men, mm. which is really fucking dark in the book. In this, it's it's not... It's, it's The subject matter is dark and the actual violence is horrible. But the scene in which Pennywise has hold of the 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 homopho- the homophobic the gay gentleman in front of his lover and he's just about to bite down it just seems it's you know it doesn't really work seems too erotic no it just doesn't really work because there's all these <laughs> balloons flying up and all this other stuff it'd be a lot more everything a- I've seen of it feels like they've kind of pushed things a bit too far yeah. in places but then again the original the original film when was it went to the adults fucking like, goofy as it shit was, it was goofy as shit. So one of the things that was good about the when they were kids was that it was always sort of at a distance. Mm. And when he came for them, they were alone. Mm. And he didn't, like, change the entire environment. He just sort of went for them. So I don't know if you saw the original It, the remake. No. No, okay. So a lot of the scenes, like, they have the scary The moment house. I hear it's just a shit ton of jump scares, I'm just out. No, no, just it fucking... wasn't, like, it wasn't too many jump scares. A lot of it was, like, there's some really good scenes in that. Like, I'm sure you've seen the gif where it's chewing on Georgie's hand. No. And then he sees he sees Bill and he waves using Georgie's hand, but it's all floppy and little like a kid's arm, and it's just oh, it's like a really spooky image in the background. But it's all set during the day, so it feels a bit off, Ooh, yeah. a bit off kilter. And I think that's a lot of what happened in the first one. It felt off kilter, like there were bits and pieces that felt weird. Like some of the action scenes happen during the day. They go to the spooky house during the day, yeah. And the lights coming in through those horrible tatty curtains, mm, and they're fighting it. Home by six. Well, they're fighting it in that environment, and instead of it being something where you're like, "Oh God, it's not in the dark. Where could he be?" Instead, you're like, "Oh, this place is a fucking shithole. This is gross, and also it's gross because he does the tea thing." But anyway, the first film very successful. Second film not so successful, and I think the problem isn't the cast because the cast is incredible. I would say that James McAvoy, in a cast of like, he's the biggest name in the cast. He's probably the weakest element. Well, he's just getting paid, isn't he? Yeah. And Bill Hader's incredible. And they've done something nice with the character. I don't know if you're ever going to see these films or if you're ever going to bother to watch them. Um, it doesn't really spoil it for you, but, but Bill Hader, he, there's, it's insinuated that when he was young, when he was Finn Wolfhard and when he's Bill Hader, he's, he's gay and he's struggling with that. And there's a really nice scene. Yeah, they didn't do that in the 90s film. They no. just said he never got married. Yeah. Oh, no, he never. admits to never having sex in yeah. the thing, doesn't he? Fucking idiot. In front of it. He's like, hey, look, where's that spooky clown that plays with our fears? I'm scared of vaginas. I hope he doesn't become a giant one. But yeah, like, he, he has this nice little moment, and it, it's, it's, I hate the flashbacks. This is the other problem is there's, it's so much flashbacks. Like, there's so many flashbacks. And the flashbacks all take place during a period that we saw in the film of the first one. Yeah. So it's all like they go to summer school, or they're doing this, they're doing that. And during that time, they all got attacked by it again. And then they all got together and they were like, okay, we've That's got the thing, it's because they, instead of mixing the two yeah. timelines together, they split them apart thinking, oh, we'll do the adult bits and then this kid's bit separately. But like, now you've got the problem that story sometimes relies on the past bits, yeah. flashbacks with purpose. The chances are, if they ever put a cut of this together where it mixes it all back and forth, it might end up pretty decent, who knows? What are you doing there? Nothing. Um, well, that's the problem. I don't think it would work quite as well. Yeah. Unless they... Well, unless they film stuff specifically to tie the yeah. two things together. I mean, well, they've already like, de-aged the kids doing this and it looks weird. And they've done something to their voices that sounds weird. Maybe. It's very strange. Um, but anyway, you know, um, one, of, one of my bigger pro- biggest problems is when they're going to get the totems to go and do the, the trial of Chud, 
which they actually talk about, and my god. And when they go and collect their tomes to do that, instead of them just going and collecting the tome and having a nice little memory of why that means something to them from that period, they have each one of those coincides with an attack by it. Yeah. But he seems so like impotent because he's attacking, again, it's during the day, but instead of it being like in a spooky house or in a dark area, he's either attacking them in a situation that would would in any eventuality result in someone going, fuck this, I'm done, or it would result in them going, no one else saw that, so it can't be real, and he has even less power over me. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, its whole power is that he's make, he's scary. But there's a scene where he becomes a giant Paul Bunyan statue, chases a kid for five minutes, and the kid turns around, and he's just, the statue's there again. And I'd be like, oh, so it can make... Yeah, pretend- but the whole idea of the adult parts is it's PTSD. Yeah. That's the whole idea. He's not meant to be an actual real physical threat. He's meant to be like a yeah, psychological threat. This is when they're kids, though. This is back uh, in that time period in between the two scenes of the film. Oh, well, they can't do too much there, I guess, can they? <laughs> no. They've already made the film. Exactly. You know, they but, survived. But still, it's just one of those things where it's just like, just have them have, have the tokens and show a memory that doesn't... They should have killed one of the kids in the past. and then, yeah. But he's still there as an adult and they don't answer it. <laughs> just <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> what, but like, things like, things like um, Bill Hader's one, he, his thing is just a quarter that he stuck behind a, a Street Fighter game. Because he was playing Street Fighter with his kid, he really liked the kid, and the kid was like, I've got to go home, I've got to go have dinner, and he's like, one more game, my quarter, I'll pay. And the kid's like, wait, what are you trying to do? And he's like, I just want to play Street Fighter, it's my favourite game, no one else was playing this. Street Fighter sucks. I don't want to play Street Fighter. It's the first one. So it did kind of suck. But he's like, I don't want to play with you, Just I'm going home, alright? And like, and then bullies come around the corner, and the bullies, you know what bullies are like. They find something and they fucking just pinpoint on it. And they're like, oh, you're trying to get off of my cousin. You're gay. Yeah, homo. And all this other stuff and all this other oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to pick on him for liking the first Street Fighter. <laughs> she went, yeah, Kung Fu's way better. But, um, but it was just like the idea that 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 meant something to him. The fact that he had that hidden quarter just mm. in case, like, like that means something. You don't need to then show him being attacked by it after the bullies because that nullifies either the bullies or the it attack, you know what I mean? That like puts him on the same level because he's running from both. It's and it's just it's weird things like there's a scene yeah, where Bev's heads on fire for munching popcorn too. One of the one of the biggest like <laughs> the weirdest things, Bill, the, sorry Ben, the fat kid from the past, mm. is shredded like lettuce in this. Nice. He is chiselled from marble and six foot. Fuck me, and he is just handsome as shit. And it chases him through the school when he's a fat kid, and then when he's an adult, he chases him around and goes, "Yes, don't be a fat boy to me, Ben." And I'm like. I would, I it, honestly, if I put all that work into getting like that, and some fucking bozo clown with a big head turned around and said, "You're a fat boy now," you just turn around and be like, "Look at you, you fuck!" What are you, you I fucking lazy eyed fuck. I with. can do a hundred push-ups. You can't do one push-up, and he'd be like, "Oh no, my weakness." Yeah. He knows I can't do push-ups. Maybe secretly fat. Maybe, maybe. But it's just he does his corset. It is ridiculous shit like that. Like I understand when you're a kid, but once you've like all of these people, like uh, like James Mc- James McAvoy, his he starts stammering again. There's a Stephen King cameo. I mean, it's just the problem is that it's never going to be as good as the first one, and it's just I didn't realize how much worse it would be. It's still fine, but like Bill Hader is incredible in it. He's really a standout. Mm. Bill Hader's great. The scenes between some characters are really good. There's a really nice little action beat when the when the older kid, you know, the bully kid comes back and he's all crazy. There's a really nice action beat where he basically jumps out on Eddie, 
stabs Eddie in the mouth. And mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie, instead of Eddie freaking out, he's in shock, but he's also kind of astute. So he's like, ha, ha, ha. and the, the crazy guy's just like, ha, ha, ha. and then Eddie gets behind a shower curtain and the bully goes towards the shower curtain. And by that point, Eddie's pulled the knife out of his face and stabs the bully through the shower curtain. And the bully falls back and he's just like, ah, uh, ah, uh. <laughs> just like reacting really weirdly to the whole thing. Mm. And then he falls out a window and is somehow fine and runs off. But it's just the fact that Eddie, whilst he's doing it, he just makes eye contact with this knife in his mouth and just starts laughing. And like, huh? Huh? Because he's sort of semi-shocked, semi-reacting to this thing. And and just for some reason, that scene really worked for me in a really weird way. Like, compared to everything else. Because you find getting stabbed in the face hilarious. No, it was, just, it was just kind of the reaction. And also, when he gets out in the hall and other people are like, what's happened, what's happened? Because they come in after the attack. And he's like, I'm... I've, how bad is it? <laughs> he's got blood pouring out of <laughs> And it's just, he's like, for some reason, he was pitch perfect in that role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, all in all, it's, it's got a really nice The Thing nod. Like, the kid, you know, the guy that kills himself. Cause you know, in the original one, someone kills yeah. himself before it comes. Um, he, he appears to them in the fridge as a child. Cause you remember in the original miniseries, he's an adult in the fridge. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because yeah. none of them knew him as an adult, so why would they recognise him? Yeah. But in this, the kid's head rolls out, grows spider legs, and then just starts like, just starts scuttling around. And Bill Hader's like, Bill Hader, it jumps out of a window, and they hear it scuttling over the ceiling and stuff like that. Bill Hader's like, where'd it go? Where'd it go? And he looks up, and he's like, oh, there it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Like, it's, it's no. just a nice little beat. The whole thing, though, is just, it's kind of a failure compared to the first one. I'd say the first one is like, the first one's really good. And in retrospect, it still works. I've watched the first one multiple times. I don't see myself returning to this one until they make that, because the director wants to make a super cut. And yeah. I think that would be a really good idea if they cut it so it went back and forth. Like, to start the with the adults movie. being called up, start with, start with Stanley not being there, and then later on show his suicide. Like later on, have Mike go? I called Stanley. What do you mean? And it's like it cuts to him talking to Stanley, and Stanley slitting his wrist, and the wife having that conversation. Stanley, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's not an easy recommend. I, I mean, I, it's not even really a recommend. I'd say if you've seen the first one, you need to complete this. Then go see it now in the cinema because it is oddly enough, it's a big spectacle. The special effects are a bit sodgy, like ugh, like all over the place. They're not really great, but. Like, the sound is pretty good. There's some really good sound mixing. It's just the kids' voices throw you off a bit because they have tuned them a bit to try and make them sound younger because they've obviously aged a little bit in between this one and the other one being filmed. Uh, so, yeah, so I give this one... Uh, How dare those kids age? Uh, I give this one uh, Seth Green. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know. There's some good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Why do you hate Seth Green? I don't hate Seth Green. He just doesn't have the best career. What? Name a great Seth Green film. Idle Hands. Idle. Shut up. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. That's weird. <laughs> Not allowed to take idle hands from that me. was so weird. It's a good film uh, though. Austin Powers Two: The Spy Who Shaped Oh god, alright. That's the best one out of the three. First one. Do you know what I found out? What? Fern Troyer. Yeah. Got his start as a stuntman. Really? And he was the stuntman for Ferbus, the weird little creature from Masked Rider huh. in the nineties. Do you know he's dead? Yeah, he's dead as dicks. Yeah, and a gambling addict. Yeah, what else is he going to do? He's tiny. Lots of women, really. I mean, apparently he was quite a ladies' man. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like a tripod. It's (laughs) like a game. Just all dick. Yeah. 
No, it's like a tripod there, right? Um, yeah, Vern Troyer. He's dead, and he was Ferbus. R.I.P. Vern Troyer. Ferbus' stunt double. Ferbus, Ferbus, remember the little weird cuddly creature thing that was in Master Rider? Hmm. Yeah, that was a shit series. Um, right, my last review. Yeah. Isn't Tokusatsu. Oh, are you relieved? What do you mean? It's not Tokusatsu. I've been, looks like all I've done is Tokusatsu stuff. Wait, you've been talking? Yeah. (sighs) Right. My last review, um, because I I don't have money. Um, So the SNES classic thing on the Switch. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Really well done. It's about time they fucking put that shit on there. Um, What are you doing? Doing some SNES music. So Nintendo finally put SNES games on the Switch. Super yeah. Nintendo games. People don't like it if we say SNES, but they can get fucked. It's a SNES. SNES, bless you. Yeah. Um, and I, they've picked a really nice, eclectic collection of games to chuck on there. There's like, there's always going to be notable emissions and mm-hmm. stuff, and there's a very slim chance we're going to see many Economy or Square Enix games on here, I don't think, because they've all got their own collections out yeah. now. Someone was saying about um, not Contra, not Castlevania. There was another series they were... Um, well, you're not see Ninja, Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden Ninja Gaiden's on the NES Ninja, yeah. the first one's on the NES mini that's Ninja Tecmo Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden yeah Ninja Gaiden's Tecmo oh Mega Man Mega Man you're probably not going to see because Mega Man collection's out Resident Evil no because they're on SNES yeah they are There's no 4, Res- 5 and 6 yeah yeah, yeah they're on SNES and yeah. 7 yeah on the Snowage. <sighs> yeah so they they put the games on there did they nicely done yes the emulation is spot on. Got some nice integer scaling, which yeah, it's, it's is okay. the shit you fucking need when I'm you just, put old games on modern consoles. I forgot, like, ever since... Well, not since Zelda and Mario Kart, but I played a game that's really been bright and vibrant. But those SNES games just fucking pop on that yeah, screen, don't they? Really nice done. They've, there's those little details as well that they've done to the emulation. Tell like, me about them the details. Friggin- so, here's, here's one. Kirby's Dream Land 3 uses the SNES's high red high res mode. There is a high res mode in the SNES, believe it yeah. or not. It's like double rev- resolution. Um and quite often it was used for text. And it could only usually most of the time they'd only render part of the screen. But what they did on this is they used it for divering effects to do stuff like water or transparencies, right? And have they And on a CRT TV it would look just like a transparent layer. It wouldn't look like a bunch of stripes, which is what divering tends to look like. It usually looks like a checkerboard pattern of stripes. But they've done something on this where it actually like averages them out and creates a transparency layer so there's like extra detail so it looks correct mm. it doesn't look like a whole bunch of really thin bars that you're moving around behind which can look like a strobing effect when you walk past them yeah you know, like how a lot of games like you play lion king on a modern on an emulator or something like that and all those cloud effects and stuff look like checkerboards and shit i only play proper copies of games but um well we play it on a retron or something Gonna be you know a mighty king. You know the effects, and it always looks weird and wrong. But they've actually on Kirby's Dreamland, they've made it look like an actual transparency, which like just looks really nice. It works, um, but yeah, they've done such a good job. There is a pixel perfect mode, but the integer scaling is so good, I wouldn't put that on. Because the thing is, if you put SNES pixels in pixel perfect mode, the screen looks really weird and square, which is how a lot of emulators would have done it years ago like on pc and all that sort of stuff like the image is a little bit too narrow because snes pixels are like nes ones they're they're slightly wider than they are tall so because they stretch out onto a crt and that's how you would have viewed the image like you would have viewed the image stretched onto a crt screen so everything's a little bit wide 
and integer scaling does that really nicely rather than doing what some of them would do, which is where they'll put an extra row of double pixels every now and again. Yeah. Which gives that, you know, that shimmering effect on some retro games where you're scrolling and it looks like the background's wobbling a little bit. Because as it's scrolling every now and again, those double wide pixels, you're picking up on where those double wide pixels are as it moves. But this doesn't do that because they've done good integer scaling, which is a trick where you soften the edges of the pixels slightly. It's so like downsampling. Move it out slightly. It's not downsampling. Um, so that's nicely done. Um, they've also implemented, finally, an option to get rid of that bloody bar the at the bottom controls. of the screen. Yeah. I know how to play those games. Yeah. No, it's not the, they're not the controls for the games, were they? The controls had to access the bloody menu, so you knew how to get, you oh, knew how yeah. to get out of the menu. Like, it's pretty it simple. The, the fucking little yeah. ones, yeah. Um, they've also, I don't know when they put this in, though, because it's on the NES one as well. If you hold down Y on the menu, there's auto-sort features now. Oh, it never used to be. It I used to always be you had to manually that. sort everything the way you wanted it, but even remembers your preferred layout, so you can go back to that and it will just rearrange it how you want, because I like them in alphabetical order, but they put Legend of Zelda under Z, and it shouldn't, it should be under L. Well, they put it under T for V, and it should be under L. So I, that's the only thing I've moved because it bothers me. Um, but yeah, really nice set of games on there. Though I'm like that Brawl Brothers is on there because no one ever remembers that game. It's like a Final Fight knockoff. It is Poundland Final Fight, but it's a fun mm. little game. Um, Stunt Race FX is in there. The first time that's ever been available since the Snares, like yeah. since its original release. That's like it's not the most amazing racing game ever, but it's because you know it doesn't hold up too well over the years like a lot of those early 3D games do. Mm. But it is a really fun, interesting one to have in there. Um, it's got split screen and stuff on it. Like that's that was an impressive game on the SNES. Um, Breath of Fire's in there. That's the only RPG, well, turn-based RPG, JRPG. It's a good one though. Yeah, it's a great I mean, game. To be honest, like Breath of Fire, I would say that like it w- was it the first three were on SNES. Uh, I can't remember. I had one of them on the PS One, and I can't remember yeah, which one Breath it was. Breath of like five was I think on four PS1? was on PS One. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure three was on there. But two's meant to be like the best in terms of technical. Yeah. So it would have been nice if they had like one and two. Yeah. But it, it does seem a bit like they're they're planning to pepper more in there. It seems like they're planning to release Hopefully. them slowly. Um but it's it's a good lineup. Pilot mm. Wings, it's a good one to have a Mario World and Yoshi's Island is obvious ones to yeah. have on there. Yoshi's Island doesn't they? have the apparently there was a bug on the SNES Mini with Yoshi's Island. Oh, okay. That caused some emulation issues, but it's not there in this one apparently. I haven't got that far into it because I'm terrible at Yoshi's Island. Um, Yoshi's I Island is always about, a weird game for me because it, it didn't hold my interest as long as other Mario. Style I usually games. get about halfway through and start struggling. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't start struggling. I just get so fucking bored of yeah. it. It's fun. I like it. It's not as it's not as engaging as Mario World though. I think it's, Mario World's Four Stars isn't on there, is it? No, that that will be really because that was all, all the games that have been on there were ones that you know months ago people were saying, oh, there's all this information in there yeah, for yeah. games. And all the games were in there. The other ones that were missing was Mario All-Stars, Mystical Ninja, like mm-hmm. Goemon, something else. Like So I reckon they'll be in amongst the first. That's expensive well, for the UK version of Goemon, isn't never it? Never came out of everyone's says. Oh. First UK release of a Goemon game was um, the N64 one. No, that's not true. Konami Collection. No. Yeah, Konami Collection 3 on the Game Boy. Game Boy Advance had a Konami Collection. No, yeah, Konami Collection 3 on the Game Boy had a version of Goemon. It was after Mystical, Mystical Ninja on the N64. Telling you the truth. I know my stuff when it comes to Mystical Ninja. That's why I've got a Japanese copy of Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Because it only got released in America and Japan. It'd be nice if that was on there, though. But um, Demon's Crest is on there. That's a nice way to save yourself a few hundred quid. 1997? Yeah. When was your... What, for the Game Boy one? Yeah. Yeah. 
So when was Mr. And Legend of Mystical Ninja was an early N64 game. When was the N64 release? 96, 97. Well, yeah, it's rare. But it's the old NES game that they put on there. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, really, really nicely done thing. You can get it. You can download it. The online works really cool. Me and Kev have been playing Mario Kart on there, playing Battle See, Mode I and stuff. I haven't played any of that stuff yeah. yet. I um, the problem is that I just I don't I don't know many people that have switches. I've got all the only. Yeah, you can't play against random people. You have no, to play against friends play on against that. Friends. Which it would have been nice if they put a little extra effort. Nineteen ninety eight. What Konami Collection came out a year before? No, it didn't. It did. You're a liar. Ninety eight. The real in Japan mystical came, ninja game. In Japan, mystical ninja came out in ninety seven, August the seventh, nineteen ninety seven. But in the UK and North America, April 16th, 1998. So, yes, Mystical Ninja on the Game Boy, on the Konami collection, was first. It's a lie. It's a big fat lie. Big fat lie. Never came out of it. Don't know your Mystical Ninja. Second Gomon game released in North America is The Legend of Mystical Ninja. No, there was two released in North America on the SNES. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, friggin'. SNES games on the Switch is good. Really fucking good. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna review them as a whole. I'm gonna play through them because hmm. I'm. I'm feeling like doing I've been some playing a lot of Super Metroid. I've clocked up I, a fair bit of time on that. I've been playing so great. much Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah. I've Blasted got up to the from... point where you're like in the Dark World and I'm fighting one of the bosses and the boss beat me up and I didn't like it. So See, I stopped I'm just about to get to the Dark World. <laughs> I'm on the third talisman. To yeah, get the Master I don't know Sword. Yeah, I got. I, was, I got up to the boss where you have to smash his metal thing with a hammer. Oh, yeah. It's got his mask. Then it kept beating me up and I got annoyed, so... Isn't it really fucking weird to play a Zelda game that feels more like a JRPG? Well, they're not really JRPGs. No, no adventure, they're actually RPGs. What we used to call adventure games back in the day. But, like, so, like, all of the Zelda games when I was growing up, it was like, go to these dungeons, and when you've done the dungeons, go to the last boss. Hmm. This is the only one that's like, get the free talisman. Okay, got it. All right, get yeah. the master sword. Yep. Fuck off to the dark world. Yeah. Okay. Travel around that a bit, do some more bosses, come back to the normal world, see if... see if. Um, well, I remember when the really... game originally came out, they never promoted the dark world stuff no. originally. It was all like, um, just do the original dungeons, and everyone was like, oh, well, this is short, and then... Yeah. Dungeons. You get the mirror! And there's seven more things to get and shit. Like, yeah. yeah. But no, uh, um, I'll say the standouts on this collection is Super Metroid, Link to the Past, um, friggin' Demon's Crest being on there is Demon's Crest fantastic. has one of the... so fucking difficult. The, um, I can't even get past the first fucking boss. Really? What, the dragon thing? In the yeah, first, in the, cannot, I've never got past it's it. It's terrible. But I've only... I can get see, like about... I can get to the part where you're flying around and I go to different places and I end okay. up going somewhere I shouldn't. See, <laughs> I I was really good at the Game Boy one and I completed the Game Boy yeah, one. Yeah, Gargoyle's Quest. Yeah. yeah. Completed that one. Next one's better. Yeah, the NES one's meant to be really NES good. Origin- well, they did put the NES one on the Game Boy. They did a remake of it, but it's it's good, but it's not as good as the NES version. Oh, okay. Well, I played the Game Boy one, so I completed that one. Hmm. I've just never been any good at Demon at Demon's Crest. Demon's Crest is a lot trickier. I can get a I've, bit of the way through it. But like, I'm really good at Ghouls and Ghosts and stuff like uh, that. No one's good at Ghouls and Ghosts. It's a lie. That game's just nonsense. I love that game. Well, do you know, yeah. so it doesn't have the weird epilepsy things in that the um, SNES Classic has. You know when you play Ghouls and Ghosts on the SNES Classic and yeah. the screen's meant to flash, it does that thing where it sort of fades and strobes rather than flashing. It does flashing. the lines. Yeah, it does stuff to yeah. basically stop the thing. Not on the SNES Classic. They, oh. Yeah, none of that weird, that weird... Maybe it's something to be refreshing. ...image rate. destroying... Yeah, it was like a weird... that a weird Because it ruined the image. It mm. looked really odd. Mm. They got rid of that. Fuck it, give kids epilepsy. Let them <laughs> get... Like, put the freaking Pokemon Porygon episode 
in the SNES Classic. Poyo Poyo. The SNES Poyo Poyo. Um, I opened that up and I was like, oh shit, what are these menus? And I went, hang on a sec. That one says options. <laughs> and I went to it and it was in English. Yay. <laughs> it was really helpful. Have you seen the Mega Drive Mini that they're releasing? Yeah. Have you seen that when you train, when you change it from... Yeah, change Japanese, the... It's Dr. Puyo Puyo, Puyo so, Re- yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's the original Puyo Puyo. This one, Super Puyo Puyo 2 Remix. Ah. Yeah. Which oh. I was brought a few weeks ago when I was at the London Film and Comic Con. Yeah. I found that and I was like, oh, I'll buy that. It It was like 20 quid for the box copy because that's how much Japanese people, they tend to sell those games. But then I saw Mystical Ninja and I was like, oh, I'll have that instead. It's a good choice. But I almost almost bought the Japanese Puyo Puyo (laughs) and they put it in this collection. And the boxes, the freaking irritating Japanese boxes being a different way around to UK boxes. Oh, right. Yeah, on the menu. I like the Game Boy boxes from Japan. Oh, the tiny, the tiny yeah. ones. Yeah. Did you ever see the um, when they? You know when they release NES games on the Game Boy. Yeah. When they released them in Japan, they came in boxes that were like the same size as regular NES bo- Game Boy boxes. Yeah. But they then had a smaller NES Famicom style box. Oh. It was tiny, and the cartridge was inside that. Oh. So it was like you had a Famicom box that was about the size, but in scale. Yeah. To the original Famicom boxes, if the Famicom cartridges yeah. were the size of a Game Boy cart. That's really um, interesting. I've always wanted to get some of them because they're like transparent plastic boxes in the Famicom yeah. box on the front. Looks, I've seen, I've seen yeah. the Zelda one, which you can pick up relatively cheap. Yeah, it's good stuff. Zelda one was a Famicom disc system. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, it's slightly different. Ice climber and stuff. I sold my ice climber for twenty quid. The Game Boy ice climber. I didn't know there was one. Yeah, well, it was one of the NES games they did. Oh yeah, right, yeah, Game Boy Advance ones. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, SNES Classic, buy it. Yeah. SNES Games. <laughs> I mean, you don't need to buy it. It's there. Yeah, it's like, free. Everybody can download it. It's much like the whole Netflix thing. Whenever we recommend anything on Netflix, it's always like, just get it, I guess. Or like, it, yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. And anything I review is going to be free, so... Yeah, I'm going to be doing the same... No, I'm not. I'm lying. Dragon's Quest, Link to the Past. No, sorry, Link's Awakening. They're both coming Don't out buy now. the Dragon Quest 1, 2 and 3 no, games I'm not that come out on Switch because I they... Saw the, I saw your post fucking, and I was like, Whoa. It looked horrible. No, I've um, pre-ordered... Fucking, after the Chrono Trigger shit, mm. where they actually... Where people were so annoyed with it that they had to go through and patch the shit out of it to make it look like the SNES version, you'd think they wouldn't do this, wouldn't you? No, I reckon just, they would uh, just do whatever. Square Enix, man. They don't care. Uh, I'm releasing it two days before Dragon Quest Eleven's out. Dragon, Dragon Quest Eleven has got me excited. I played That's a bit great. of the demo and it's it looks super. great, plays great. It's going to be fun. Amazing music as well. Um, also, I I don't think I've been excited for a turn-based RPG in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be good. But Link's Awakening is the big one coming out soon. That's the one I'm really excited about. I, yeah. replayed, I replayed the original Link's Awakening, the Game Boy one, on my uh, Odroid. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I played it on the cartridge because I've got it. Yeah, you did. And I made a video about it. Dun, dun, it's got 270 dun, 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 dun. views now. Has it really? Yeah. I shared the shit Two out Two dislikes from Reddit. I shared the share of your video as well. Reddit, Reddit don't like me. Yeah. Under the Moon shares my stuff on Reddit sometimes when I do those videos and they just give me dislikes. Oh, actually, I can share on the Game Boy thing I'm on. Anyway, Uh, I'll do that in a minute. Um, Okay, so my last review. It's a big one. It's the big, the big, big release. I played Gars of War 5. I played Gears of War 5, Ant. Oh, that's not a real thing. Gears, it's called Gears 5. Oh, sorry, Gears 5. I apologize, Gears 5. It's the Fast and Furious of Too Fast, Too Furious of Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift. This is Gears 5, the fifth game in the, or sixth game in the Gears of War series. Because you had Judgment, didn't you? And it was a side game. Yeah. And well, hey, when did that Funko Pop one come out? Oh, uh, it came out just before, and that's bad. <laughs> yeah, Don't play the Funko. Game. 
<laughs> don't play the Funko Pop game. I played it's it. Clash for of Clans, a, isn't it? It's pretty. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just like a it's like a mobber. Mobber. But Gears of War Five. Um, so it, it's slightly different from the other Gears of War games. It's still the same. Um, get behind cover, shooty shooty. But this introduces a few new, few new ideas, and in terms of story, um, it's the first one to make moves to really open the story up properly. Because there's been every Gears of War game, there's slight hints at this is what they did, that's what they did, this is what someone's doing. I mean, like it's always been in the background, like oh, we created the locusts, we did this, we created the Lambert, and we did this and we did that, and you know, this is the first one where it's like directly influenced by your character what is happening why it's happening and what your part is in this and it could be a bigger part than it's originally I I don't want to spoil the fucking game because it's a long campaign it's like 10 to 12 hours so it's a lot of story that people can enjoy it's not long enough apparently games have to be 60 hours long according (laughs) to weirdos on the internet and it's really fun I really I liked Gears of War already I reviewed Gears of War 4 on the podcast and I said it was good and it had like a nice direction Mm. because it was more horror I played the first one it was a bit more horror fiend the fourth one yeah Yeah, they introduced a bit more beast like you were getting dragged off by these things that put you in these goose acts and your teammates had to shoot them and then revive you and you know they had like the crystallized stuff where people basically the locusts were being affected by the emotion under the ground and they started like growing crystals and stuff and they become hardened and they were also getting mania so they were a bit more unpredictable. And just, you know, stuff was happening. And in this one, you're... Gears of War is a metaphor for colonialism. It is. Um, in this one, you're discovering... You're the colonists. <laughs> so you had the COG and you had the UIR. Um, the UIR were a rival faction. Basically, the Hammer of Dawn, which was a weapon created by the UIR, was what started to awaken the Locust. That's what caused the Emergence Day. So that's what caused the original emergency state where Marcus Phoenix was asked, can you come and fight with the COG again? And then that's Gears of War 1, basically. Um, and then Gears of War 2 is continuation of that, Gears of War 3 and 4. And this, you are playing as Kat, or Kate, who is the daughter of a leader of a tribe that lives on the outskirts, like a mountain place. Um, and her mum handed her, in the last game, her mum died. Spoilers, Gears of War 4, her mum died. And handed her a um, handed her a necklace. Was that Dom's wife? No, Dom's wife died in the third one. Yeah, yeah. No, the second one. Died in the second yeah. one. He killed himself in the third one. What? Um, have you not played it? No, I only played the first one. Oh, I right, got so bored of them. So, um, so she Just handed one over trick a necklace. Over and over again. She handed over a necklace to Kate, and it has the symbol of the locust on it. So the idea is that she's somehow related to or connected to the locust, and you find out about that through several chapters in this game. And you know, it's it is that same Gears of War formula. It feels like when you're in the shooty moments. You're like, okay, Gears of War. I know this is almost like instinct now. But when you're not in those shooting moments and you've got the bigger areas to expand and the lighting and everything, it looks fucking incredible. Like, that's one thing to say about this. Instead of it being like every other shooter where you've got a torch, um, in this, you've got this floating robot companion named Jack. So when your light's up and when you're, tor- you're holding your torch and you're firing, you turn and he'll try and direct his light to where you're looking. Hmm. So it bounces off of stuff. There's loads of shadows, but also at the same time, it's a sort of a game of tracing stuff through this in a way that means that you've got the light on it or creating light in a room by like throwing like, you know, you've got um, flame grenades and things like that you can use to create light. And Flares. No, flame grenades. Flame grenades. They're flame grenades. It's incendiary grenades. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, it, it, you know, the whole thing, it's, you know, the fifth game in the series, it's like Fast and Furious. I make that joke. Fifth game in the series. Sick. It's like Fast and Furious in that if you've been... If you've been playing these games for such a long time, this is, you can see the end to this story now. That's kind of nice. And the characters that are introduced, you've got 
Like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Space, one time of the nice, travel. One of the nice things, a weird character that a lot of people found in, irritating, and he's voiced by Ralph Cooley from iZombie. He's also done Funhouse videos and stuff like that. He's a funny guy in, in those. But in this, he plays a really irritating character called Faz, who grew up in an area that, like, for some reason, he has a London accent. He's the only one that you find that has an English accent in any way, shape, or form. But he, um, he just he's as big as all the other characters. He is. He acts like a dickhead a lot of the time, and you like he's he speaks about how he's willing to like shoot civilians to control them or like or like do stuff that some people would be against. And then you find out like it gets to the end of a certain level, and in some faraway dialogue, it's like Faz, why are you such an arsehole? And he goes, look, when you've been trying to protect someone who is then throwing a Molotov cocktail at your back, and whilst you're on fire, they're hitting you with sticks and stones, you don't really want to protect them anymore. And that's kind of like, mm. you know, it's nice that's in there. And I don't think everyone would hear it or they, they wouldn't notice it if it was said. But that kind of like, you're like, oh, okay, so it does feel kind of like you're at war on both sides. I get it. Fair enough. You know? Makes it a bit more complex. It's Batista in it. Batista isn't in it, but he's a downloadable character now for multiplayer and stuff. And you've got the Terminator characters and stuff like that. Terminator, yeah. Yeah, it's got a time with Dark Fate, so you've got a Sarah Connor and a T-800. But they're not big enough. T-800's fucking massive. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not big enough. He's massive. Um, but yeah, the game's good. It's really good. It's one of the nice things. Again, much like Blair Witch that I reviewed last time, it's part of Game Pass. If you've got Game Pass Ultimate, you get the Ultimate Edition of the game as well, so the DLC and all the other shit, which is actually really good. Like, Ultimate Game Pass is what? It's £11. Just Game Pass on its own is £8. It's like two quid when I looked on there. Yeah, but that's yeah, if you upgrade offer. your existing yeah. stuff. Um, because no, I no, had... It's just to join up for two quid. Yeah, for two months. Yeah, it's all That's right. the offer, yeah. yeah. Basically, I had, when I transferred over, so I had about eight months left. And so I transferred over and got two for two quid. So they made all of my Xbox Live Gold, Xbox Live Ultimate. And then online, I got a code for 20 quid for a six months Xbox Live. I added that, and that's Ultimate as well. So I've just got Ultimate for like a year and two days, which is really good. I haven't got gold even. But it's the whole, the whole game, like, there are moments where I'm like, oh, this is Gears of War, and you settle in. And then there are bits where you're like, oh, this is really like it's advancing stuff on like the different factions and the different people you meet there's like a whole group of people that are living in like almost like a martian desert it's all red sand and like they they have these really weird like hurricane fucking lightning storms that happen so still lots of knee-high walls yeah as you're driving through these there's like segments where you're driving the skiff through these because there is like an almost open world area where you've got like a hub but not a hub sorry you've got like little dotted around you can do bits and pieces to get upgraded yeah. and shit like that and the skiff that you're, you've got like a 2000 meter dash on the skiff. And as you're going through the desert, lightning's firing down. As it hits the sand, it shoots up these big spiky crystalline trees. And there's these fucking tornadoes going and tearing sharp. And just like with, with like headphones on and all the lighting and HDR and all the other shit, it looks fucking incredible. And I mean, like I recently upgraded to the Xbox One X because my One S just for some reason, Blair Witch played weird and I didn't like some of the stuff that was happening with games and stuff. So I wiped it. So, well, I'm selling it. And the Xbox One X I'm using now, and this is just 4K, 60 frames per second or 30 frames per second. you're using a shit console. No one likes an Xbox One S. Everyone likes the Xbox One S. No. So cheapest 4K Blu-ray player you could get at the time of release. Yeah, but it's also not a very good games console. Look, don't care. Cheapest 4K Blu-ray player. That's what I was, I was worried about. Xbox One X... Just blows out the fucking water. It looks spectacular. I'm really enjoying you it. You and your 4K Blu-rays. The one thing that I will say is that um, if you weren't a fan of the first, the second, the third, the fourth, or Judgment, then you probably won't be a fan of this. Um, if you're not, if you didn't like the direction the fourth one went in because it was more horror, mm. like there were like little bits of horror integrated, and there's very much that again. 
there's a species of locusts that are being created in a lab. And as you're going through the lab, the doctor, who's like a almost like an Armand Zemo character, he's like uploaded his consciousness. Uh, Armand Zemo? What was his name? Armand Zola. Armand Zola. Sorry. Zemo is Baron, Baron Zemo. Zemo, yeah. God. So Zola, like almost like a Zola style. <laughs> he's uh, uploaded his consciousness into machines. Who's Zola? And Zola was Toby Jones. Yeah, I see, yeah. yeah from... um, and he released uh, all of the, the cryo tanks. What was the film he was in? Dad's Army. He released Toby all the, <laughs> yeah, Dad's Army. He released all the cryo tanks. So as you're going through it, you've got like locusts that are frozen mid attack, and they've got all these soldiers that are frozen mid attack, and it just looks really fucking nice. I mean, just the whole game, there are moments where I could speak about it and how spectacular it looks. And then like the action again, everything just I thought there was a good. big scientist guy looked like Goldberg. Is that him? No, that was that was He's Marcus like Phoenix's dad, yeah. Marcus Phoenix's dad. Yeah, he looks like Goldberg. Why isn't he, he just played by Goldberg? Goldberg? I don't know. He was in the first Goldberg's one. Goldberg's the right size. Mm, he is. Um, one of the things that I will say is that the, it ends on a cliffhanger, which is really unacceptable in a game nowadays. Could at least close off this story, but I guess that there's no there's no way of doing that without creating a whole whole another bunch of segments because it leaves it very much open, but also at the same time, you sort of you get an idea that there's an end to the war coming very soon. One way or another. Well, what are they going to do the Gears of next? Just, it'll be the end of the series. Gears of Carts. They'll just do a prequel. Gears of... They'll just do a prequel. Gears of Poyo Pop Fever. Mm. They'll just do a pre- prequel. Mm. Prequel. Prequel game. Yeah. Um, I give this... I give this... One day all the knee-high walls came to the world. I give this an Anthony Mackie. Oh. Really liked it. It's always a bit of a nice surprise. I can't think of anything bad about it right this second. But I'm sure there's stuff like lurking in the past in the background. I can't remember what he's in. Was he in that football show? The American football show. Was that him? Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Hmm. Was he in that? I think so. Yeah, he was possibly. in Black Mirror. Uh, yeah. Brown Mirror. <laughs> Am I doing a podcast with John Tron? I don't know. No, he was in Black Mirror. He was He was in the episode in no, which he was... You know, he was in friggin' Michael B. Jordan was in Friday Night Lights, wasn't was he? he? Yeah, he's No, the... Michael B. Jordan was in The Wire. Was he? Yeah. Wasn't Anthony Mackie in The Wire? Anthony Mackie might have also been in The Wire. <sighs> I've not watched The Wire for... Like... The Wire was really good, though. A long time. She... 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 Surprise, motherfucker. No, that was... That was... That was Dexter. <laughs> she... <laughs> All right, anyway. That's my last review. That's my last review, Ant. How you doing? Kind of warm. All right. It's very... shut my window. It is a bit warm, isn't it? Why did you shut my window? Because I had to. For the good of mankind. And where can they find you? Around bins. That's it. He is the most popular mellow gaming channel on YouTube. You also have reacting Sentai Senpai. Sentai Opera Ranger. Senpai Ranger. Just posted a new video. Just posted a brand new video. Hmm. Yeah, what did you talk about in that episode? We watched um, episode 5 of Curious Sentai Zoo Ranger. Okay, it's riveting. the one with the sphinx-looking guy. Riveting stuff. Yeah. And you can also find you on L- on Twitter as lv fifty five space monkey fifty four space monkey. I got that wrong. I find myself at Critapocalypse. I am also Critapocalypse on YouTube. That I do nothing with it. And so is there you anything, mention it? Anything that you're excited about coming up? I'm going to go and play Link's Awakening on Friday. So fucking excited! You're going to go play it. Where what? are you going to play it? I'm going to get it. Oh, right, yeah. yeah Mine's getting delivered money on Friday. Before it. Mine to... is getting delivered on Friday. I need to find stuff to trade in. Yeah, I mine's guess. getting delivered on Friday. And what also... have I got? Agents of Mayhem, maybe? Yeah. No, I'll that's get me not £1. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll get 25% extra, don't I? 
Really? Yeah, because when you pre-order, you get extra trading value yeah. at game. Um, yeah, that's. I've got a gaming event on Friday. Your work on Friday. I do, but in the evening, I'm going to London to go to the OnePlus gaming event. The Plus One. You're meant to bring someone with you. It's the OnePlus gaming event in London. They're doing it in the free store. I've got two tickets. I'm going to go, and they are having an event where people are speedrunning sections of Sonic. With the possibility sections? of winning phones. Oh, God. This I thought it sounded like some mobile phone thing. Yeah. 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 Let's see if I can get a phone. Who's speedrunning? Do you not know all the speedrunning legends? No, no. I know no. a guy who speedruns Shadow the Hedgehog blindfolded. Really? Yeah, I watched him do it on Twitch one night. It How long did it take? Silly. Um, like an hour and a half. To That's too long for a speedrun. But blindfolded. I know, it's still too long. Yeah. It's a bit nuts. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, Trump fucks kids. Donald, Donald Trump fucks kids. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been played out now. Yeah, it has. What do we need now? Boris yeah. Johnson's fucking the country and also potentially fucks kids. He's unlikely to fuck kids, isn't he? That's the problem with Boris Johnson. He doesn't fuck kids. No one, he doesn't cunt. talk to He's anyone. He's a fucking cunt, isn't he? Just a cunt, that Boris Johnson. Yeah. I'll tell you what, anyone who supports Brexit is a, is, is a paedophile. <laughs> there we go. It's a bit of a blanket statement. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh, anyone who... No, well, anyone 17.8 million people voted for Brexit. 17.4, actually. They, they won't stop quoting that number. Yeah. Even though there's like 54 million people in the UK, apparently half of them... 17.4. You'd think you'd be like, normally under any metric, that's within the margin of error. Yeah, well, uh-huh. it would have been. It's the margin of error for a requote. You know, it's it's actually really funny. If it was an actual parliamentary election hmm. and there was a level of meddling done by Farage and Johnson in a parliamentary election, they'd go to prison. But because it was essentially the equivalent of an opinion poll, they can't take any action against them. Yeah. And they're standing around saying that this is gospel. If it fucks the country, the first thing I'm doing is I'm just going to go to London and I'm going to well, grab someone. I was someone. looking earlier, like um, how much you know the Mega SG is. It's yeah. like 190 dollars in America, yeah, um, plus 50 dollars shipping to the UK, and Lord knows how much you'll get charged on import tax. Wait, and Mega stuff. SG? Yeah, you know the analog Mega SG, the Mega Drive. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but um, I went and looking like, oh yeah, I'd probably if they released that in the UK, I'd pay like 220 quid for it because it saved me 50 quid on. Postage, hmm. but I went looking at the conversion rate, and one hundred ninety dollars in American money is like one hundred and fifty quid now. Yeah, it's really bad. Our pound is fucked. Yeah, it's fucked because we're being run by an idiot, and racists wanted us to leave the EU, but they can't tell you what the EU does or why it exists. I think it's just uh... people just don't know. They don't understand, and it's fine to say you don't understand. But when you're driven into a fury and you're like, "We need to leave the EU," and someone says, "Why?" and they say, "Because we voted to leave," that's not Three it's not a reason. Yeah. Leave doesn't mean leave. Leave means we want to exit the EU. We don't want to fuck ourselves into oblivion. And I didn't vote leave, but I'm still supporting the decision to leave as long as we do it with a deal and we don't do it like fucking morons. And also, if well, they that's any way to do it, if they don't keep, if they don't make us keep to that agreement where off shel- off off country tax shelters are destroyed and taxable, then there's no fucking point anymore. Mm. The amount of money those people are going to make fucking the country. You know, that's, that's probably the one thing that they're like going, okay, you can have all this stuff, but you have to agree to the well, I think that that's tax gonna, shelter thing. And I that's think, the thing that's putting them off going. I think that's deal. genuinely it. Yeah. I don't think it is the backstop. I think they don't understand what the backstop is or why it exists. Hmm. I think that, that what's stopping them is the tax haven thing. They won't remove it. And all we're getting is information from them. So all we're hearing is, oh, they won't let the tax, they won't let the fucking backstop go. They won't let the backstop go. And then you look at the background and it's like, Disagree to the uh, tax tax 
taxable income outside of the UK as well. Weird that. Mm. Bunch of cunts. Fucking Brexit's a shit. You're done because this friggin' thing's two hours long now. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Bye, everyone. Love you. You and your rants. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Don't get eaten. This is by me. Rim jobs. Yeah.